the Exit 52 podcast presented by Jimmy Seafood, the only Baltimore podcast that has a host pumping out viral golf videos by the weekend. We are back for another week here with RDT and Banks. And guys, you know, we, we've gone through this entire, you know, COVID situation. You know, the entire world has, the sports world has stopped it, it has restarted, it has sometimes stopped again and come back. Today, as we record on a Tuesday, perhaps a little light at the end of the tunnel from an attendance standpoint. Governor Larry Hogan coming out and saying, you know, lifting a bunch of restrictions, but specifically towards sports, 50% capacity at stadiums could mean fans at opening day on April 8th. And hopefully, maybe as we get through the year, maybe that capacity continues to grow. But it makes me happy that hopefully, and obviously safety precautions taken, people getting vaccinated, you don't want an extra, you don't want another surge and things like that. But maybe we're going to have a semi-normal opening day after, you know, we were robbed of that last year. So that was that was some exciting news. Baseball's coming back. Days at the yard, maybe coming back with them. Yeah, people were jazzed up about it. Um, I think when we all saw Hogan was going to have a press conference today, and and people had kind of hinted like, oh, maybe they're going to, you know. Take take some of the the restrictions off, and then it, when you know everyone, oh, restaurants, bars, everything is going to be fully open, and then the fifty percent, you know, sporting venues, concert venues, that's what kind of hit it home, and everyone was just going nuts. And I was retweeting a bunch of my old videos talking about on the dance cam at Camden Yards and all that, and it was people people were jazzed up, they were excited. Um, I I think we're seeing uh it seems like knock on wood that there's almost like a light at the end of the tunnel that you can kind of see now and again this is like this is a big announcement i mean and obviously they're going to play it safe um and you should and and it's still up to obviously the orioles haven't said anything the mayor hasn't said anything so those are two of the biggest you know pieces of the puzzle that we're still waiting on um but um yeah it, it will be interesting to see what the team does say and and April 8th, what, what happens? I think we're, I mean, we're a little less than a month away from, from that first home game. So uh, it, it does look like that you're going to have people in the stands for at, at some point this year. Have you actually ever been on the dance cam? Yes. Last year. Really? 2019. 2019. Oh, I'll, send you, I'll send you a picture. Wow. I... Well, Al, my brother got on it, but I was next to him. So I'm on the dance cam. <laughs> All right. Now it works I've kind of always wanted to be on the dance cam. You would crush the dance game. You would be like the guy. I don't think people know this either. Like Taylor, phenomenal co-host of this podcast, but like your boy can get down. I'm, I'm pumping your tires there. Yeah, I'm. I you know I have my moments. I have my moments. Um, no, he's so and, modest. No, I mean, but especially you know you get, get a couple in me at an Orioles game, and and you know we'll 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 bring some fire out there. I know there's I, I've a lot seen, of space. I've seen a 27, 28 year old Taylor uh, kind of take it to some of the youngsters around here in, in Fed Hill. You know? <laughs> I've seen, I've I've seen, seen Taylor it in, in the action. wild at a Rockwell one night, cutting it up in the middle of the dance floor. Uh, it, it's been known to happen. It's been, it's certainly been known to happen. <laughs> and uh, hopefully, hopefully as we get rid of COVID, I can get back in there and have a couple more last hurrahs as I, as I, uh, as, as, as bars are open. I, I just want to be on that dance cam. I, I don't understand how I can't get on there. Like, ah oh man, maybe now we, you know we we you know we have this obviously we have this gigantic podcast now. You know, it's such a presence in the city. We we really should. You know, I really should try to pull some strings. Just get me on there one time, Orioles. I love the Orioles. I love everything. I, you know, get me on there. So, 
But hopefully, like, I won't, I'm gonna, it'll be interesting to see how they do this. We actually had, um, you know, we had fans in the stands for Major League Baseball games at times in the playoffs. So it's not like we've, you know, we've seen fans in Major League stadiums um, during the last season, which is weird. I don't know if Major League Baseball has come out with anything saying, I'm assuming they're just going to go with local regulations and not touch, um, and not touch making a decision on it, which is probably the right way to go. But as you said, Eric, it's really now about the Orioles and, and Mayor Scott and, and how they want to handle um, having fans or, or, or what the, the pod seating looks like. Do they go to the full 50%? Do they do 25%? Um, and obviously everyone was out with their Orioles attendance jokes, low-hanging fruit. I, I, I understand it, but come on. I clearly asked that no one make those jokes, and people still made them. So that was pretty rude of, of them when I specifically asked not to. Yeah, I, I I don't know how the entirety of baseball Twitter wasn't listening to you on that one. That's <laughs> that's like that's the kind of a tough scene. No respect, no respect. Uh, this and it's funny. It came on the same. It, it came. I'm in, and I'm sure it was sort of correlated. John Harbaugh saying, obviously believes there will be fans and and um, at M&T Bank Stadium next season. You'd have to think the way this timeline is shaping up. Knock on all the wood um, that you could be back to sort of a more full capacity as we had into the fall um and and that will be fun to have to have fans back in the stadium um and opening day it just was it stunk to lose opening day you know it's obviously low-hanging fruit in terms of all the other things that that happened during covid but hopefully that comes back in in some sort of it's one of the best days of the year in baltimore yeah. it really is yeah. like yeah there's a lot of people in the city who go to one and then maybe another game or two all season and that game's like opening day and then they mix in a fun saturday at some point during the year but um that's okay like it's a fun day everybody's out everybody's excited it's you know the weather's starting to warm up just like it was today um people are drinking a lot of beers you know pickles doing that whole thing they take off work like it's just a fun day it's just it 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 signifies so much in this, like we're right there in this, in the, in the middle um, mid Atlantic here where the climate can get pretty cold, but it can get pretty warm pretty soon. And then you just kind of get that good weather going, some good vibes, get good beers going and watch little Orioles baseball. And, and we probably overlooked the fact that the Orioles always play awesome on opening day. They're mm-hmm. an awesome opening day team. Even when they stunk between 1998 and 2011, like they, they find a way to, to, to do their thing on opening day and make it a ton of fun. I mean, even opening day 2012, like is my pretty much my 21st birthday. I spent it opening day and uh, that was the start of an awesome season that kind of turned the, the franchise around there for, for a little bit. Yeah. Hopefully we can, we can get another, another good opening day memory. Uh, we, I would love to be able to go in here and say, Hey, you know, all of us have watched a couple spring training games. We've gotten an idea. We've seen none of it, so uh, hard hard to kind of have a have a take here on on what the Orioles really look like during spring training. RDT, what tea leaves have you been able to read so far on this team? As you said, we're sort of a month out now. I don't feel like there's been you know you were talking about Jake Fox earlier, Banks, before we got on here. There hasn't been that one guy that has sort of like jumped out of nowhere. Cedric Mullins has played very well, and that that center field race seems to be. Um, something that will kind of come down towards opening day between those two guys with, with Austin Hayes and, and Mullins. But, you know, what's the rotation going to look like? These, these, it's hard to answer these questions based on what we've seen or not seen. 
Yeah, and today, actually, Tuesday was the the first day. They, I guess MLB Network is now kind of catching on that none of these teams, like some teams are on TV, like the Angels have all their spring training games televised. Some teams aren't doing it at all. And like now the Orioles and Masson are even kind of, you know, last minute making these moves. They're going to try and do like four games on TV now, of course, after all, not outrage, but people being pretty legitimately pissed that, they couldn't watch Orioles baseball in spring training on TV. Um, so MLB Network had them and the Twins on TV today. It was a seven-inning game. Better than it. It's better than nothing. Um, so I did watch – I got to watch a little bit of that. Um, and, yeah, like you said, uh, Mullins is, has probably been, I don't know, the talk of the camp. He – Cedric Mullins had a routine ground ball to the shortstop today that went right through his legs, and Cedric turned it into a double. Like, just – flat out hustled out of the box that was cool to see um the race between him and Hayes has been fun the best part of today was probably the wind down in uh the twins park was blown out to the left Nelson Cruz hit a foul ball at least 600 feet and it was just (laughs) it was unbelievable it it looked like that one postseason in like 2011 down in Texas where he mm -hmm. would just yank every ball down that left field line right at the right at the pole yeah it was I mean it was I, I wanted that ball to be fair really bad but um Dean Kramer started today. He pitched really well. Um, or not, not really well. He, he pitched pretty well. Um, Bruce Zimmerman's probably been on the pitching end. Like, I think he's pitched five shutout innings so far. Um, local guy. So, you know, it's always a cool story. Um, other than that, like you said, it's not – it's a lot of the what clips are we seeing go viral from the Orioles Twitter account. And, you know, Mountcastle had a nice play today and, and, and left. And it's just kind of – it's – we're just picking scraps off the, you know, the heap right now, trying to get any of the Orioles content. But again, hopefully massing can get its stuff together and, uh, and get some of these games televised. I think they're talking about four or five games. So that would be great. I think we're itching for that. Yeah. They came out and said, uh, try to do four Orioles games and four nationals games in the second half of March. Um, so there it is for Masson. I, I, you know, I agreed. Bruce Zimmerman, great local store. I mean, did he go to Loyola? Yes, he did. But, you know, I'm going to try to look past that. I'm going to be the bigger guy there. I'm going to look you, past that big fact and root for him as a member of my favorite baseball team. So I just want to put it out to the listeners how, you know, honorable I'm being to look, you know, over that fact. Smaller people would do that, but I'm being the bigger person. So That's just, a very just big – cl- I just want to cl- I just want to make that official statement before we head into the rest of the season. I know people are thinking about that. I know, you know – there's going to be a lot of questions about whether I can support him. I am. I am supporting him. That's a big um, cover all thing for, of you to do. Be the yeah, bigger. Thank man. you. Thank you. Men of faith, men of intellect, men of integrity. Um, <laughs> that, that's what I was going for. Yes. Yes. Um, as you said, the viral video of the knuckleball was unbelievable. I'm assuming if you follow Orioles Twitter at all, you saw that. You blogged about it already. You know. As someone that loves the Orioles and loved me some social media content, that was tremendous. Tremendous job by them um today so does, does anybody understand the nuances of like how that even works like it's just no. it's it's made up that's fake like it's, it can't, it just can't I, be real i wish i could say i did because i'm just the one posting videos cool videos that people make like that but that's like video guys that are so talented the people that do that are so talented um i'm sure what? it's like i'm just gonna totally speak and probably be wrong we should bring on like i should bring on one of our video people from maryland I'm assuming it's something where you like sl- shoot it in a certain frame rate and then like slow it down a lot, um, 
and you do it with like a mirror. Like, I, 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 I'm gonna say dumb they, stuff and sound like an idiot. So they did a bunch of the videos last season where it was like fastballs and like you mm-hmm. got kind of a similar type of video out of it, and those were those are awesome in themselves. But um, you know, we all saw and it's been uh, very much discussed about like the the 8K cameras or whatever it is that for the NFL touchdowns and all that stuff. And now you're starting to see that in all kinds of sports, PGA tour, like all these other networks are building this into their broadcast. And I'm wondering like, okay, the Orioles have just big time put this type of video on the map and it works awesome for knuckleballs. You maybe, maybe you can't see the spin in a way that says, I don't know, mesmerizing if it's not a knuckleball, but um, I'm curious to see where this goes in terms of videos and things like that. I mean, I'm thinking about like, what, what about what about a golf ball going off a tee like coming well off they had that amazing I, I mean I, I'm sure you saw that the the video with Homa and Titleist with the with the drone I don't know if you mm-hmm. saw that banks with the drone like flying after the ball was unbelievable last week if you did not see that I'll have to send that to you it I don't was, think I did it was ridiculous it was like I think Homa tweeted it um the funny part about the 8k camera thing and there's you know all these people that work in social media and sports and got all like in a tizzy about it because it's really just using sort of like cinematic mirrorless cameras for broadcast as opposed to using broadcast cameras so if you watch you know a, a recap done by us say in basketball you're getting that sort of camera effect people have just never seen that like on live tv on 72 inch tvs mm-hmm. um so it's just like using those cameras in a different way that are being used in other you know more cinematic fashion so um but yeah, there's some really cool stuff, and, and props to yours. I think we've praised them on this pod before for their sort of upgrade in their content stuff, and that was, I mean, you got a video with over a million views on Twitter. You're doing a pretty nice job. Their, their video program, their, their people are just fantastic, and like they just churn them out, and they have all these very talented interns. I wish I knew the names of all of them. I follow a bunch of them. I just don't, I can't remember all the names. They're, it, the stuff they do, and again, like I was talking to one of the guys today, the fact that they can get a million views out of a 33-year-old knuckleballer who's not guaranteed to make the team or anything. That was a 44th round draft pick. He's been hanging around for a while. I guess. And again, they've got a ton of prospects down at the camp and the knuckleball is, is the story. I, I just thought that was, that was pretty neat. And people love the knuckleball. Such a good concept. Oh, people love the knuckleball. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that, that was, a, that was a very, 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 very cool situation. Uh, turning to the Ravens. I think the biggest, you know, the biggest story this, this week is kind of that franchise tag deadline. Uh, Ravens tag nobody. I guess the thing that everyone was concerned about in Baltimore is Allen Robinson getting a franchise tag from the Bears. But Banks, as you have said this entire time, this has not mattered. He was never coming here anyway. Right. Um, but <clears throat> Ravens don't franchise guys like Judon and Ngakwe. Those guys are now free agents, and it feels like we just continue to take the steps for those guys to walk to other teams. Um, so – not really. They, they, you know, they didn't use the franchise tag this year. It didn't feel like there was a clear guy to use it on. So makes no. sense, I think, for me to see. There were a lot of people that, um, you know, did their whole thing today. The sky's falling. Can't get Allen Robinson. Oh no! Like Chris Godwin got tagged as well. Like, oh my God, the Kenny Galladay's of the world are going to be so expensive. There's nobody else out there. There's there's a whole list of guys that are going to be out there, and they're they're going to be in the type of price range that the Ravens would have been looking at anyways. I mean, there's um, like Kenny Galladay, like I said, there's uh, I I don't know that people are into really getting Juju. I'm personally not, but that's a whole thing that people will put out there. Like Curtis Samuel, uh, T.Y. Hilton's a veteran that probably checks a lot of the boxes and in terms of 
the style and like the phase of the career in which the Ravens tend to go after cheaper veteran receivers that want to, you know, win late in their careers. Um, you know, Marvin Jones. Um, yeah, Will Forrell V. That's that's Taylor's guy. So I'm surprised he didn't you know, say it. Some names I out there. I was need it. I was kind of teeing it up for him, hoping he might say it. You know, uh, he, he missed his opportunity. I, I don't want to. I don't want to come on too strong to Will Fuller V. I don't want to scare him away. I just want to. I want to play it cool. I'm playing it cool. Okay. Bring Will right. Fuller V to Baltimore. Bring yeah, no, it'd be sweet. No, I think Bring it, it would fit. And he's not. He, he's got to be 27, 28 years old. He's been in the league for probably five years, maybe. Like it's just been such a stop start yeah. with the injuries for him. Twenty six, twenty twenty seven, twenty six years old. Like at the right price, it could be a uh, an interesting proposition. So, yeah, everybody's wants wants Allen Robinson. Of course, I would love to have Allen Robinson. It's just not in the cards. It's not what winning franchises do. They don't go spend money. I read, you know. Read uh, Warren Sharp a little bit that just kind of like was right in line with what I've been saying the entire time, which about just like teams just don't allocate their dollars towards towards players on the free agent market. Like teams that you know they just teams struggle enough to evaluate their own players and and know enough to keep them. How are they? How are they going to evaluate? players on other teams properly that are, would change systems and coaches and all these types of things. It just makes no sense um, why you would go spend more money on somebody that some other team would not want. So um, this is not a winning proposition. Of course, there's a time and place and there's, there's a range where free agency is certainly a tool that, you know, every team needs to use it and, and we will use it accordingly. But um you know, who's, who's the last name, like kind of a somewhat big name that the Ravens went out and got in free agency? Do you, do you guys Doomer, know? Doomerville? Nope. Earl. Um, Earl Thomas. Mm. That went great. Um, so, <laughs> yeah, it's just, you know, the Ravens are going to go. My mind always goes back to like Derek Mason or Samari Roll or something like that. I was thinking yeah, those, maybe just, too. those are good. Ones, maybe just because you're maybe just because you're on the pod, RDT. Maybe that's why. No, I was thinking of the time. It's um, like 2004. I know. Yeah, that's a know. long time ago. This always comes. Most recent Earl Thomas. That was a big splashy free agent signing. Obviously, we know how that went. Um, so, yeah, we're gonna we, we we've been doing our homework on the draft, and you know, EDC is gonna do his thing, and he has I have all the faith in the world with him. So um, I'm looking forward to that. Now, obviously, the the other big story that has kind of developed, um, not just with uh, Dak Prescott signing yesterday, but also EDC and John Harbaugh doing somewhat of a mini State of the Ravens type of um, series of press conferences today was uh, just kind of where they're at. And, and Lamar Jackson and contract negotiations, I'd heard that um, EDC had flown down to Florida and just kind of spent some time with Lamar. Um, he kind of referenced that today he said it was some preliminary discussions, but it wasn't really talking numbers. Wasn't really, you know, contract type stuff, but it was just kind of, um, I don't know, spending time and just trying to get to get a, a sense of understanding and, and um, I don't know, just kind of a team building type thing. So uh, yeah, I, I'm, a, I'm, I, I think that the Ravens will figure something out with Lamar Jackson when, when they sit down and say, Hey, we want to get something done. And and it looks like the number is going to be 
probably north of $40 million a year, but the TV deal is probably going to be announced soon and, and we'll see what that means in that context. So um, yeah, it's just, people are freaking out for a lot of different reasons, just because they don't really have anything better to do. They just freak out about NFL news. Which is now what, what <laughs> the entire sports ecosystem does for 12 months a year is how many NFL storylines can we come up with on a daily basis. As you said, I don't think there's any reason for anyone to be concerned. It would legitimately stun me if Lamar Jackson did not sign a long-term deal with the Ravens, and I don't think there's really much reason for anybody to be concerned about it, barring some giant relationship change, which doesn't seem to be there. There seems to be a great relationship with the organization and the player, and especially between the head coach and the player. Like I, I don't understand why anybody's... Like, this is not like a Dak thing where... For you know, two years, Dak and the Cowboys, you, you sort of saw this give and take, or and obviously this can devolve. We saw Russell Westbrook and uh, Russell Westbrook, Jesus, watching too many bad Wizards games. Russell Wilson and Seattle, that kind of devolved over some time. You know, Deshaun Watson, that devolved, but those were after those guys signed their first big deal. <laughs> it didn't happen before the first one. It's all kumbaya, you know, until you get the deal, and then maybe you know it goes out of whack. I, I don't. As you said, Banks, people are freaking out about that. Like, oh, Dak got his money. Who's getting the money next? Is Baker getting the money next? Is Lamar getting the money next? Um, yeah, the, you saw the PFF like, one with the Kyler. Yeah, Murray, like, like all those guys. By the way, even, all those guys. All those guys are going to get paid by those teams. They all are. Maybe Baker, maybe not. Josh Allen is definitely getting paid by the Bills. Lamar oh, yeah. Jackson is definitely getting paid by the Ravens, and Kyler Murray is definitely getting paid by the Cardinals, barring injury. So. It's just a storyline to talk about, a storyline. Um, and and not much really else came out. The Ravens kind of just continue to stand pat at this point, and there's not a ton. They, you know, I don't think either John Harbaugh or Eric DaCosta gave us much else. It, to really it sounds like Brandon Williams is staying from what yeah, that, yeah. said. Which is that, that kind of one of the big takeaways that I saw. That yeah. I guess his comments were leaning on Williams staying. Yeah, it sounds like he's going to stay, and I think that's the right thing to do. Um, it felt like when, he was going that way anyway. But yeah, yeah, Michael Pierce walking last year is, was kind of just like, okay, we, we got to make sure that we we hold things up in the middle of this defense here. So, yeah, not surprising at all, for me yeah. at least. And we continue to move towards the draft. You know, that is going to be kind of start to dominate the storylines. Banks, you're the biggest draft guy here, so I'm sure you're excited. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Maryland Pro Day tomorrow. Maryland Pro Day tomorrow. So Jakey so, Funk. Shout out Jake to him. Funk. Jake Funk. Uh, I think he'd be a great fit to, with the Ravens, to be honest, if we could, you know, late round He flyer. is a great kid, so that would be awesome. Uh, the, 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 I believe Maryland's Pro Day is literally only three guys, and it's Jake Funk. Isaiah Davis, I think, is coming back to work mm. out. Um, Sean Davis's younger brother. And I'm, why is the other one? Why is the other one escaping me right now? Receiver? No, the receiver. Uh, oh, going. Shaq Smith. Shaq Smith and oh, Tavon yeah, yeah, Jacobs. Yeah. And Tavon Jacobs will be will be coming back. Tavon Jacobs got a cup of coffee in the XFL, so he can really run. I don't know. If, um, and then Shaq Smith was obviously involved with Ohio State at some point, and he had a brother. Tavon Jacobs. Tavon Jacobs' uh, brother is Laverne Jacobs, who came here. Tavon How Jacobs long ago was that? Committed to Ohio State and then decommitted de on signing. They came to Maryland. Huh. Okay. Eight years ago, seven years ago. Jeez. Time flies, man. Especially when you like hear about these guys as recruits, as like juniors in high school. 
and then you follow them. And Tavon Jacobs had like a five-year uh, college career. He had like injury. Both yeah, them. I couldn't believe um, you just dropped that name. I was like, wait, what? Yeah, <laughs> that yeah. was that was a big time Oprah. Yeah. Um, so, what? Maryland Pro Day. Jake Funk. I hope somebody picks him. I hope it's the Ravens. That'd be great. Uh, let's get to our interview. We had Josh Rogers, pitcher in the Orioles organization, on the show. Um, awesome dude. Former Louisville player. Talked a little Lamar. Wait, how'd you uh, say it? Louisville. Lo- yeah, Louisville. I'm not, I'm not Louisville. Sure, so sure that you did. Louisville. Did I Did I not say it the first time? I'm I really not, think you did. Right. I just wanted you to say it again. Okay. You, Louis, Louisville. Don't do that. Uh, Louisville. Uh, Louisville. He he said you pronounce it like you have marbles in your mouth, which I thought was a really really good. Word. I was thinking the the Andy Andy uh, Bernard like gonna sound like you have molasses just gonna spilling out your mouth. Louisville, I can't do the voice. Um, Josh came back from from a couple elbow surgeries. Really a a, a cool story that hopefully when he kind of gets back in a top form, gets gets told on a bigger scale. That's a tough thing to do, and and a huge golf guy. So we got into a bunch of that. So let's get to our interview with Josh Rogers. Something magic happens. We're back here on the Exit 52 podcast with Josh Rogers. Josh, first of all, thanks for coming on the show. Second, I'm looking at your Twitter right now, and I love this tweet from you. 614 days later, we're back. What was it like to get back on the mound after everything you've gone through? And it was just such a long process. It was was crazy, the – the whirlwind of like making my big league debut, you know, in 18 and being back with the club in 19. So it's kind of a lot of highs and lows before that <clears throat> getting hurt was terrible. It sucked. Uh, I mean, I knew instantly my, my elbow, I had a tear in there and I knew I was going to be rehabbing for a long, long time. So I think the, the process of like why it was so long, it was because it was my second Tommy John, it was, you know, taking extra precaution and, you know, a little bit longer before I got to throw again. So, I mean, there was just so much time and effort into the rehab and then with quarantine and, and everything that had been going on, so many curveballs have been thrown at us uh, to just try to <clears throat> keep get, keep going and preparing. And uh, just to be able to be back on the mound again was an amazing feeling. Just to be with my teammates, like my results weren't great. You know, I gave up a run, a couple of hits, but just to be back out there, uh, just to be in the clubhouse and be, be around in spring training again is a complete blessing. And something that you know, there are points in the rehab process where you really just, you know, you don't know if you're ever going to get back or how, how your arm's going to respond to it. So to be back is a complete blessing. I had a lot of people help me get back there. Our training staff did a great job. My family supported me all the way. So I'm super pumped to be back and involved and just kind of in the mix again. And now th- this wasn't just your first elbow surgery. You, you had, you've had multiple ones, right? So kind of talk about, I guess, like the mental wear and tear. Because obviously there's the physical stuff, but the mental stuff, has. I mean, that has to be a huge hurdle too, just knowing I've got to do this all over again. Right. I mean, it, that's what it, it's been tough. I mean, I talk, talk to guys all the time, just kind of, you know, getting through stuff. Me and actually one of the Rays pitchers, Brent Honeywell, he's kind of been the, on the similar path. You know, he's a big time prospect and having a couple surgeries and broke his elbow. And so, I mean, just kind of bouncing off guys, using other guys to support and get through. My family, um, super close with all, you know, my mom, dad, brother, sister. My girlfriend's been huge. Uh, just along every step of the way, just to kind of keep you in that mental state. Uh, the team did a really good job of pushing me and, you know, keeping up updates during the quarantine and making sure we were hitting every every goal little goal that we set to to get back to that day back on the mound so uh it was it was a long process but <clears throat> mentally it is tough and you know you see guys struggle with it all the time and you see guys in different leagues struggle with it so it's a uh, it's definitely something concerning you know to see across the board but to just have the support system I had uh, I'm fortunate for that and now we, we talked about it a little bit um 
off camera, you, you were on short porch, the Yankees barstool podcast with Tommy and hubs in them. Um, so it's funny the the night that the Britain trade went down, I was texting hubs and I'm going, he's asking me about Britain. And I'm like, For, forget Britain. Like, tell, tell me what we're getting back. And I think the first thing he said was like, Josh Rogers, absolute stud, awesome kid. Uh, j- t- kind of go through that whole day because at least for us, I know the trade came down like later in the night. It was almost like 7 8 o'clock at night when it was announced here. Kind of go, go through that whole day. When did you kind of find out that you were coming to Baltimore and, and that you were involved in that trade? First of all, Hubs and Hubs and Tommy, I'm going to take credit for, for, for short porch because I, I got <laughs> used and finessed a little bit to be on the sh- first ever short porch. I'm calling them out real quick just to, mm-hmm. to know that they were using me to get the justice, but that's okay. It was, it was fun to be the first guy, but um, <laughs> no. So when I got traded, it was absolutely crazy. Like I found out on Twitter. like first and foremost so we were I was in Scranton Uh, I was actually scheduled to pitch the next day so I was on the chart you know in the dugout doing that whole thing and it started pissing rain um and we had a rain delay so we go up to you know go up to the clubhouse everybody gets on their phone and we're just like scroll people are scrolling through Twitter just kind of just a normal rain delay but it was around the trade deadline and people are like oh my gosh like uh Cody care like Zach Britton might be getting traded uh here and I'm I'm like oh that's cool like no, another guy for the Yankees bullpen. That's great. Uh, not, I'm not going to be a part of that. I didn't think I was going to be a part of that or anything. So then Cody Carroll's name gets dropped in it, and then Dylan Tate's name gets dropped in it. And then somebody looked at me from across and was like, bro, Raj, you're, you're going too. And I was like, no shot. Like, I'm, like <laughs> I, didn't think, I didn't think I was in any type of trade contention or anything like that. Like, uh, so I, I walked into the manager's office and said, hey, am I pitching tomorrow? And they said, uh, we, don't, you know, we don't know anything yet, so just hang tight. And then uh, I'm actually leaving the field that night and my phone rang and Kat and Brian Cashman called me and, and let me know it had officially uh, happened and just kind of <clears throat> taking me through it. And obviously, you know, I got a mix emotions uh, coming up with the Yankees, building some great friendships and developing in that system, uh, a, a real competitive system it was. And uh, to get to AAA and to have some success and then to come to Baltimore, I knew the opportunity was here and I was super excited to, you know, turn the page and start this new chapter. Obviously, it didn't get off on the best foot. I've pitched like shit since I've been here, and uh, <laughs> hopefully, I can continue to you know build, build and get gain some experience and, and gain that trust back from our coaching staff and our front office, and uh, and get back up there and help this team out. And what are the first few steps? When like you pretty much just talked us through up until the trade actually happens, but like, what do you do when you get traded? Like, you just pick up all your stuff. I mean, what is the first thing you do, and then like. How does the process of going to a new place, new city, like all these things, how does that work? That just seems crazy to me. Every time people get traded at deadlines, it's just bananas that people just like pick up their lives and they just try to continue, have to go to work pretty much the next day. Right. It'd be like, it'd be like your girlfriend calling you and just saying like, I'm done, I'm breaking up with you. And then just like blocking you, deleting you and moving away. It's like, <laughs> what, 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 yeah. what the heck just happened? So but then you get to dive I mean, into but, a new relationship. Like, right. I mean, that's exactly what happened. Like, it's like, all right, peace, Josh. Like, hey, thanks for everything you've done. Good luck in Baltimore. Like, boom, over. And so here's the I'm key. Like, this is some other chick's place. Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So I'm just packing my stuff up, like my, my locker, my, my apartment. And I'm sitting there literally in my apartment. Uh, I lived with Justice Sheffield, so I'm just sitting there and we're like, bro, like, what do I do? Like, <laughs> I got to drive to Norfolk tomorrow. So I packed my stuff and hopped in the car and drove to Norfolk, showed up to the game. Um and threw my stuff in a locker, stayed in the hotel for a couple nights until I could find a new place to live. It's, it's crazy, man. It's, it's, it's honestly probably a business in, 
in, inside the business, you know, helping guys, you know, move around and figuring out, you know, different areas to live and how, you know, what, where to stay and what to do. So it's just a complete whirlwind. And again, the team does a decent job, but, you know, putting you up in the hotel for a couple of nights and letting you get settled in and all that. But I mean, it's pretty crazy. You just dropped into a new city, new team and everything like that. So when you, you get the call from Cashman after the game, how quickly at that point does someone from the Orioles be like, hey, Josh, <laughs> welcome to Baltimore. See you in Norfolk in, <laughs> in 18 hours or whatever. It was, it was like really shortly after. It was within, uh, within like probably an hour of that. It was just like it, I'm sure it was a lot of paperwork and a lot of stuff for them because like waiting on physicals I think was like another thing or the medical side of stuff. Um, so they called me and said, yeah, like, like you got 48 hours, I think it was, like two or three days to, to get to Norfolk. Uh, so I, I think I like, I was like, first of all, I need a day, like to figure out what the hell just happened. Uh, so I packed my stuff up and then got up there and, and then got the ball rolling. So. And now, now, like you said, coming up in the Yankee system, that there was a lot of big prospects in there. You mentioned uh, Justice and all those other guys. You're a big shoe guy. Clint Frazier, another big Yankee prospect, huge shoe guy. How, how often were you guys talking shoes? I've seen some pictures of your collections. I've seen pictures of his collection. His almost looks like a like a, a museum of shoes. So how often were you guys, you know, talking about the new releases and stuff like that? How often were you buying from West Coast Joe, too, trying <laughs> to get those uh, those limited releases? Man, I'll tell you what. Clint's, Clint's late to the game. He he He's always liked <laughs> shoes, but. But when he, when you know, his stardom really took off in New York, he tried to, he's been blowing it up with the shoes uh, when he was doing all his cleats and stuff like that. But he's always had some shoes. Uh, but in the last two years, he's really, he's really taken off. He's a, he's more like a Nike SB collector. Uh, that's like his favorite shoe. I like, I like more Jordans and, uh, and in different type and different types of like Nike. So he's more into like the skater, different type. I mean, he has some Jordans too, but it's a little opposite. So uh, we talk, we still talk about it all the time. Like I'll, I'll reply to him on Instagram or shoot him a text and my shoes I'm wearing one day and he'll, and he'll, he always tries to make fun of me. He always has something smart to say. What's, What's your go-to your, pair what? of cleats? That's what Sorry, I, that, I was. No, we were on the same page, Eric. My go-to pair of cleats. So right now I just have like some Nike, so just some, just some normal little custom Nike shoes, just with some orange and black in them. I gotta, I gotta get back up there, man, and do and do well before I start dripping and swagging out on the field. <laughs> I gotta get my respect up before I start all that, because uh, I would, I, you know, I, I'd love to roll in there with some Travis Scott ones like, like Clint, but if I'm getting whacked around the ballpark, it's, it's not cool to do all that. So I gotta, I gotta put some work in first, and then I can, I can bring the swag out as, as, as the, uh, the stats and everything else trends upwards. What's I'll your favorite that. of your, of your regular shoe collection? What, what sort of uh, jewel of it? So. The Chicago off-white ones are like the. I think it's the best shoe like ever invented. Like I just think it's incredible. I had a. I had two pairs of them. I actually sold one. I, I sold out on one. They just got. They were worth so much money. I. I had bought them for crazy under what they've been going for. So I was like, you know what? Like, my dad always tell me this is so dumb. You got all these shoes sitting around the house. Like, you're. you're what are you doing with all these? I'm like, I just love shoes, man. Some people collect guns. Some people collect golf clubs. Some people, you know, I like shoes. So. Uh, yeah, I, I really enjoy just collecting them, and I, I think it's the chase of like trying to get them is, is the fun part. As someone that has a lot of shoes sitting to his left and has a brother that also collects shoes, I'm right there with you. So yeah, have you? I have to ask, and I, I, I guess I'll give a, a, a free ad here, unfortunately for for us. But have you ever been a, to nine out of ten condition in in Baltimore? I have actually. I think they posted me like they. I took a picture outside the store. 
Like I was checking it out there. They got some cool, cool stuff. So I'll, I'm definitely gonna have to get back up there and that, check it out. It's now in Fed Hill, which is like very close to to where I am. It's a, it's a good it's a good spot. It's a good spot. Yeah, sure. I, guess you, I guess you're right. You got it before the custom cleats come out. The numbers, the ERA's got to go down and the swag will go up. No doubt, no doubt. <laughs> it all goes hand in hand. But I would love to come drip out. People make fun of me when I just wear my outfits. I just wear to the field. Like everybody's like, <laughs> "What are you wearing, man?" Like, I'm like, man, you got cowboy boots on and a belt buckle. Like, I don't wear that, so <laughs> it's just a little. Who's bit rocking of... the cowboy boots and and belt Hunter, Who you think, Hunter Harvey? Oh yeah, yeah. That is, yeah. <laughs> I could, I could definitely see that. Of course, um, of course. So he's he's always messing with me every time I walk in the locker room. He said, "What you what, what kind of shoes you got on today?" I said, "What kind of boots you got on today?" <laughs> so he just he's funny though. <laughs> Now, now going back – oh, sorry. You go, Taylor. No, you're good. Go ahead, Eric. I was going to say, going back to your time at Louisville, um, you, you, had some, uh, you, had, you had some decent, uh, decently known, I guess, friends <laughs> there. You, you're your buddies with Teddy uh, – not Teddy. Terry Rozier. Yeah, that's my boy. Rocking down in uh, Charlotte now. Yep, yep. So, Terry, Terry's one of my – Terry's probably, like, biggest star that I'm, like, closest with. We still talk week, once a week probably maybe a little bit here and there. So, I try, not, I try to leave him alone in the season. He's, he's a pretty busy guy. Uh, but he's an awesome dude. And then obviously getting to play with or be around guys like T- Teddy Bridgewater, Lamar, uh, which was super cool. I, I know Mar- Lamar a little bit, got some interaction with him, which is cool. And uh, <clears throat> But our baseball team wasn't too shabby either. You know, we got we had a few guys from that team that were pretty good. So it's, it was a fun time to be at Louisville for sure. Um, at what point when you were at Louisville did Lamar show up? Because, I mean, I could tell you all about when Lamar, like, arrived in my life and it wasn't draft night and it wasn't when he won the Heisman like well what's your origin story I guess for Baltimore's biggest superstar so there was actually a foot race uh there was a place called card town that we that we all lived at the football players lived at uh and it was like where everybody lived and there was a foot race I think Lamar raced Rajon Rondo barefoot this is his freshman year right outside of that and like feeding Oh, so that's man. like the like and that, that was something that had happened. I'm pretty sure that happened. I don't know if I should be like getting quoted on that. I think I'm pretty <laughs> sure that they had a foot race. Like I had heard some rumblings of that. So we didn't have a quarterback. Uh, it was my sophomore year, I think. So we had we didn't have like a quarterback like replacing Teddy. Really, it was uh, Kyle Bolin was the guy's name, and right. uh, he, he was you know solid quarterback could throw it, but we had no idea about Lamar. So. It actually, Bobby Petrino started Lamar the, for the first, just for the first snap of that game that year. And Lamar throws like a 35 yard pick. <laughs> Everybody's like, oh, here we go. Like this guy, you know, whatever. And then it was probably two to three weeks later. It's like, holy cow, this guy's a beast. So we, we found us a guy. And then, uh, you know, he took off from there. It was, it was crazy. But uh, he, he was really low key on campus, though. I and mean, you never, you know, he was a real low key guy. He was always to himself. Uh, yeah i think you got you can kind of see that even now like he kind of just does his own thing and he's just kind of his own person which i think is really cool yeah he seems like a real homebody like he's not really out and about and then the one or two times he is out and about like he was like what was it during christmas season he went to tyson's corner or something down in virginia and like it blew up twitter it was freaking huge so like my original story with lamar jackson was i remember um I'm actually a, a CPA by trade. So I was in the middle of the tax season and like I take a Friday night off because I got to work Saturday morning at the office. I'm like, I got to not do look at numbers for a little bit. And there's a, a, a meaningless Syracuse Louisville game. on. Oh shit. And I'm just like, 
whatever, man. I'm gonna I'm gonna hammer the first half over, and if I fall asleep, <laughs> I fall asleep. But at least I got action on the first half, and I think I just hammered like Louisville. They were like 28 point favorites, and I wasn't really sure why. I know Syracuse stinks or whatever. I turned this game on, and my jaw hit the floor on every single possession. Like that, I think that was the night that Lamar Jackson like came into everybody's lives, like on a national stage. And I remember texting my friend that is the biggest college football fan I know. And I just tell him like, this is Vic on steroids. Like he's going to win the Heisman this year. And it was week two of the season. And he's like, what the hell are you talking about, man? He's right. not going to win the Heisman. Cause he had watched him a little bit, I guess the previous season or previous week and been like, okay, this guy's not perfect. And that game against uh, Syracuse was next level. Unbelievable. It was nuts. When he jumped over that dude for the touchdown, like that's like the most famous, one of the famous college football. They should make the Heisman Trophy that now. And I think I said it. <laughs> I said that to him before that play. Like that was the yeah. icing on top of the first half. So sick. So sick. He just was crazy. I mean, he's just crazy. I, I play Madden all the time on Xbox. I always play with him. I think it's just so cool. He just run around so fast and it's just nuts. <laughs> I'm sure everybody hates it too. For somebody like my age, like <laughs> Madden 04, it was it's cheat code. It's literally right, right. everybody jokes about it, but it really is. You, as you said at Louisville, you are part of some really good teams there, um, and I would consider at least me and Banks. I guess I can't speak for RDT as, as college baseball guys, big supporters of college baseball. Um, you got a chance to go to Omaha in 2014. Describe for people like who don't know that much about college baseball, what that experience is like. Because I think it's one of the top things you can do as a college athlete is go and be in that environment. It's it's crazy seeing, like, baseball, like, being in pro ball and, like, guys who went to college, guys who went to big college programs and guys who are from high school. It's like nobody – like, if you didn't play in those games and you didn't be, be in that environment, like – those guys acting crazy and stuff like it's funny. It's funny to watch now, but like when you're involved in it, it's like that's like the only option. Like I was acting crazy all the time, screaming and stuff. But when we like that was what we, we our coach preached from the from the get go is like it's Omaha is like literally drilled in your head. Like you are we are here to go to Omaha. We are here to go to Omaha. We're here to go to Omaha like every single day. It's like over the top. Um, but I mean that that's what we're, we're we train for. We practice for. It's all Omaha. So to like get there was like it was crazy. It's like the first time you feel like, I don't know, for college baseball, it's like, it, it was wild just to be like, kind of not like a celebrity, but like feel important, feel real important. You know, you, the hotel was crazy decked out. It was all Louisville. Like we had our own home team hotel, like people out in Omaha, like know, you know, who you are and who college baseball, who's out there. So it was crazy to just be a part of it. I, unfortunately, I was supposed to pitch the third game. We went to and bounced, but uh, to be a part of just the whole experience is is really cool and kind of you know to help my career for sure to help me where I am today. Did you yeah. come out of the womb saying Louisville? Yes, yes, yes. It's not it Louisville. No... <laughs> it's like so you got some marbles in your mouth like Louisville because <laughs> yeah. I'm from I'm I'm from 15 minutes from there. I'm from Southern Indiana, so like I've grew up a huge gotcha. Louisville fan. <laughs> I saw, that's, that's how everybody says it. Where's the, where's the dividing line between if you're like an Indiana or Purdue fan or if you're in southern Indiana where you're like maybe more Kentucky or Louisville? So we have a – I think like where I'm from is a complete like 33% Louisville, Indiana, Kentucky. Like it's it's a complete like mix of everything. And, that, and like my – I have like my best friends. Like some of them are Indiana fans, some are Kentucky fans, some are Louisville fans. It's it's wild. Like it's a complete mix. Uh 
but the more north you get, obviously, it's more Hoosier fans. Uh, and then the more south you get, obviously, it gets real blue with the, the Kentucky fans down there towards Lexington. So Louisville's just kind of like a mix, like more of like a southern Indiana, like around Louisville, I think. Like nobody at Lexington's rooting for the cards, that's for sure. You fortunately have all the bragging rights over Kentucky. I, I, you won a regional <laughs> final against them, correct? Yeah, I, I actually pitched against them, I think, three times it was my freshman year. Uh, they rocked my shit uh, the first time I went down to Lexington. I think I gave up like five <laughs> runs in like two innings. Uh, my coaches were so mad. And, um, <clears throat> but then they, they gave me the ball again in another midweek start, did a little bit better, and then fortunately trusted me for that regional final that freshman year and uh, came up big. And, had, you know, I obviously had a decent defense that whole time with, with some big-time guys on my team, so it, they were big help. That's awesome, man. Um I've been told I hear a lot and I've seen it on the, on social media. A good amount. You're a big, big, big golf guy. And obviously I've been getting, I mean, I've, I've been a big fan of golf for a very long time and kind of cut my teeth a little bit more and more in the blogging game and all that type of stuff. Uh, what's your handicap, bud? So uh, during quarantine, I got down to a two, two, a two point okay. two. That was my index on the, on the gen. I'm on the USGA gen. So it's official. It's, it's legit. out there. You got to let everybody know. <laughs> everybody can see <laughs> yeah. it. Um, uh, right now I'm like at like a four, 4.5, 5.4, something like that. Uh, I haven't been hitting it good down here in Florida. It's too windy. So, uh, but I'm obsessed with it. I mean, I'm all in like all in golf. So when I'm not doing baseball at the field or, you know, away from the field, I'm like, I'm watching the golf channel. I'm looking up videos on how to chip on how to putt. And i got putting mats in here and all that kind of stuff. It's like, it's all I do. I, I love it. I'm just, I got the golf bug bad. And you and you're lefty for that too, right? Yep, yep. I, yeah, so so. I'm lefty, so getting clubs is like impossible for me. But we got a great golf shop back at home. Uh, the golf headquarters was called. It's the best. I mean, it's the best place to shop if you're ever in that area. You gotta check out that golf store. It's sick because uh, it's like a little. It's like a little cult in there, man. It's crazy. I go in there like two or three times a week. It's right next to the place I train at in the off season. So I'm always in there hitting balls and messing around with guys. It's so much fun. It is cold in the winter, so gotta gotta have a simulator somewhere. Yeah, absolutely. Have you gotten on any like sweet tracks down there in Florida, or or maybe up here in this area? Yeah, I'm actually. I, I played a uh, O Memorial. It was uh, two weeks ago. It was a pretty private course, and then yeah. uh, next week I'm playing at concession. I'll play at the concession next week. Hell yeah! Oh yeah. Uh, played that- Copperhead, Copperhead, where the or the uh, Valspar. The Valspar will be there in a couple yeah. weeks. I think next month. So I played there. Uh, I, I love good golf courses. That's like that's like big time treat when I get to go play at some nice places. So hopefully I get down to Calusa here soon in Naples and trying to work something out for that. So sure. I'm trying to fi- finesse my way into some places down here for sure. <laughs> yeah, man, I was down in Naples um, a couple of weeks ago actually playing some golf, and uh, I mean there's some unbelievable courses out there. And jeez, yeah. um, I mean I think Tiburon's down there. Um, yeah, I was chatting with them a little bit. Didn't get on the course, but um, yeah, it's just. I love it. And, uh, it just kind of grows on you and you just need more and more. And, uh, I mean, at least you're down there in Florida where you can play a little more. I mean, <laughs> weather warming no up. up how's, here, your, how's, how's your game? How's your game? It's, it's not, it's not too sharp right now. I mean, the trip down to Florida <laughs> was, was a disaster. Um, handicap wise, I've gotten down to an eight in the past okay. last, last summer. Um, I'm probably in the double digits right now where it's, it's technically out of season for handicap purposes. Right. 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 Um, and that's going to be my excuse for, for why. My yeah. That's, that's a great line of excuse right there. <laughs> so you're better, gotta, than, you're better than Riggs though. You gotta be better than Riggs. I, I haven't played with Riggs. He's, okay. he's seen me take a few swings, um, at the Barstool classic last year, but, um, haven't gotten out there with him yet. 
and who the hell knows if that's ever going to happen. We'll see. Right. So, I don't know, man. What's your, like, dream, your dream course to get on? So, I got – I was fortunate enough I got to play Pebble Beach with my dad. Um, Very nice. So, you know, everybody asks your, your, your foursome, you know, who, who would you want? And you get one foursome. Mine would be – it would be Tiger, my dad, Wait. and I think Charles Barkley would are be you, my, my, my foursome. So are you right there? To, are you writing the questions on this podcast now? No, I can't. No, if you want me, if you want me to, I can leave it. I can leave it. Try, Go ahead. I gotta, I gotta, no, that's I'm, a good I'm question. Like, yeah. So you know, you got four. You got you know, four, you're you're four some who to be. I think it'd be my dad, Charles Barkley, and and uh, Tiger. But to get to play Pebble Beach with my dad, man, I think that was like the coolest thing ever. Like we got the we played Spanish Bay. Um, we played Spanish Bay Spyglass oh, yeah. and Pebble Beach three days in a time. row. So it was, yeah. it was unbelievable. Just the coolest three days ever um just get to do that with my dad so pebble pebble had always been on my bucket list i think everybody wants to play augusta mm. it's kind of like you know winning the lottery pretty yeah, much to get, on, to get yeah. to get on there so augusta's number one but I, I but pebble beach was, was pretty damn cool especially because i got to do it with my dad no i was doubt. gonna say is your is your dad who got you into the game uh no he plays he's not i mean he's not too good but i mean he, he gets around the course and, and hits it hits it good for for his age and stuff like that. So we have fun. We make it competitive. We always throw a little money on it, but he always, man, he just wants too many shots. I can't be giving him like this many shots. I, fun, so. I know that game with this guy. God, this I'm beat before the first right swing. <laughs> That's very true. I'm, I'm the one when, when me and banks are playing, I'm the one getting all the shots and I'm the one pissing them off. So. Sorry, um, we like the uphill climb banks. It's fine. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. What uh, in terms of guys on the team, what is the the competition like? Is the, is there a is there a pretty good uh group of guys playing? Yeah, so the, the some of the pitchers, Sean Armstrong, he's a golfer. We've been, we've been playing a little bit together. Eshelman likes to golf. Rio Ruiz golfs. Uh, Chris Shaw, newly acquired Oriole, he golfs. So we actually had a little a little event yesterday, a little uh, twelve man event uh, out mm. there on the course on our off day. So. We played that a little two man two man low ball team, so that was pretty fun uh, to get out there and do that with the guys. So they uh, they hit it pretty good too. They're, it's a it's a competitive group. Should get a little league going down there. I, I was going to say the there's spring training. Yeah. <laughs> What's the uh, Tommy John effect on that? Like, what does that put you on the shelf golf wise? Uh, so, I mean, I didn't play, I didn't start playing golf again until I was back off the mound, like uh, pitching, like throwing bullpens. Wow. I wait, I waited for. I think it was like nine months from surgery. So it was a, it was a big hiatus from golf for me, but uh, obviously I had some more important things to worry about yeah. than, the, than the golf swing. But it's funny because I'll post like a picture of golf and like people comment on there like, why aren't you working on your fastball? It's like, what the hell do you think <laughs> I was doing in the morning? Dude? Like, you know, do you work, do you work for 26 hours a day? Like, no, like you got to get away from it. Everybody's got to get away from it a little bit. So I just have fun. I, I just I love having fun with the fans and people on social media. I think it's fun. So I was no, gonna say you, you can never you can never satisfy every single person with no, how much no, you are no. not working. So it's better to just have fun with them. For hey, sure. You, you mentioned the uh, the social media. One of the things you and I bond on social media about is uh, our love for the goat and LeBron. Mm-hmm. So uh, you know, it's just I know they, these other two. You can see Taylor shaking his head right now. They're not. They're not. Uh, LeBron lovers like us, but I just, I just thought that we, you know, 
needed to bring that into the conversation Whoa. because I don't think it's it's even close. Well, what was what's your question here? Is it just like hey, there's that, no question? Hey, the question hey, is this is just where he likes to bring up LeBron. Hey, like, yeah, LeBron, LeBron, pretty pretty fucking sweet. I mean, guy, huh? LeBron's yeah, having a great year. I have to. I mean, he's, he's having a pretty. Unbelievable... Yeah, he's fucking good at basketball. We know. He's, yeah, he's, he's the best. Good. <laughs> so my question is to people like why why do they hate him so much? Mm-hmm. Because he whines at the refs. Watch the league. It's the league. Everybody's whining and crying and bitching and moaning. Flopping. Everybody foul. does got, it. It's, it's, it's like watching the soccer now. I mean, that's just they're flying around, <laughs> acting dead on the thing. I mean, it's the game. I understand it's, you know, it is theatrical and it's like, man, just like this play. But, but I mean, it's part of it. But Braun's the best. I mean, he's I, the best. I, I think a lot of it comes from when the person that gets to the top is just the one that gets ended up. That's know, a big part of it. Steph Curry got it real bad. Uh, mm-hmm. more Which is crazy because he was beloved. Steph Curry was beloved. Right. He... <laughs> but I think so, if, if I, I have kind of an answer to that question, though, I think I think this goes for a lot of East Coasters because East Coasters in general are very uh, us against the world types. They're they're haters. I mean, in general, it's just kind of the way that they are by nature. Um, for me personally, it's it's about like I don't know what year it was. Probably two thousand eight, nine ish, whatever. Wizards, Cavs. Wizards mm-hmm. lost. They, I think they got swept even. Crab dribble. Combined points. They lost by six points across four. Uh, yeah, the, it was the Deshaun Stevenson. Yeah. And it trash it, it felt thing. like there was, was there was some home cooking in every single game. That was just the edge. That was the difference in every single game. So for some for a guy who roots for, for a Wizards team that was been a joke pretty much my entire life. Like you only get so many chances to make something of a season, and for that to happen, it's it's just a tough pill to swallow, and people don't forget. So, I, <laughs> I think LeBron, the, the LeBron hit a game winner in that series, or was that against Orlando back in the day? It might have been against Orlando. I think it was the Orlando. He hit he the definitely three from hit the, the one top. Orlando yeah. from the top from yeah, like a twenty six footer. Who was your like game team, one? I think who was your team growing up? Were you a Pacers guy? So actually, I've been kind of. I was always a college basketball guy. So like being around where I was from, there was no like pro team. Like yeah. kind of watch the Pacers, watch the Colts and Peyton Manning a little bit. But like I never had like a like a crazy like you know a fan. So I've always I've always been like on the LeBron train. Like I don't care if he's playing for the Pelicans. Like I'm going to buy the New Orleans Pelicans warm up gear. Like I'm gonna wear it proudly. <laughs> So I, I, you know what I mean. I just, I love, I've just always followed LeBron. But uh, I think I love the NBA now. I think it's, I think it, those guys are just unbelievable. So you got to have some LeBrons in the collection then, from a shooter. Yeah, team. oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So I've got, uh, I've got like fourteen or fifteen pairs of his uh, first ever shoe from from two thousand three. Those yeah. are like my holy grails. That like, those are never getting touched out of the box. So they've got the original old like brown and orange Nike box and. They like are falling apart. I mean, if you wear them, I think the bottoms will like fall off. They're so damn old now. Like four, Fourteen years old or whatever. Maybe even older than that. Way older than that now. Shoot, it's like eighteen years, I guess. That's. I mean that. I mean he. I mean that. I was the way that way with T Mac. I just had like T Mac ones, T Mac twos, T Mac threes. We just one. Did you have long. the All Star, the mismatch ones? I didn't. I, I, I really those wanted those best. as a kid. Me the, too. Me were, too. You, I had like. Taylor I had like. I had like yeah, well we'll see. I had maybe I'll get maybe I'll get them now. I I, I would like just churn through them. I went. I had the uh, Michael Vick phase where I was getting his Those when Gilbert had his signature shoes. I had Gilbert's signature mm-hmm. shoes. Um, but yeah, the T Mac. I love the T Mac twos. They, they had, were like sick. sort of the shoe within the shoe. They were so comfortable. I wore yep. those all the time. 
I think Jalen Brown wore them the other night in the All Star game. I'm pretty yeah. sure. Yeah. Oh, I didn't see that. 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 Oh, yeah, he nice. wore that red and black, the red and the blue one. That makes sick. me. That makes me like him. He had Any, the, like, anybody the message, that sings from the, the gospel. T Mac is in my. Is in my. Were those cases. the ones with the three stripes and then the uh, the zipper went like right up the middle, up the tongue? Those, those are the Iversons, I think. Yeah, right? the, the T Max never. I don't think the T Max ever had zippers. They did have the three stripes. Like I'm getting one went up, up the side of the shoe. One kind of like went around the like sort of more of the front. Um, but those those were awesome. Those I love T Mac. God, he was so good. He was so good. I went to a game to see Michael Jordan when he was with the Wizards just one time. Um, and I think everyone knows the McGrady. Like, what is it? How many? However many points? Thirteen and like, points. Whatever and it is. Twelve seconds. He did or whatever. Like that on a slightly smaller scale, and they came up short. But it blew my mind, and I was a T Mac guy ever since. So I'm right there with Taylor on that. Uh, you thank God. Thank God MJ. there wasn't. Thank God there wasn't Twitter when MJ was around. <laughs> yeah, I was. Yeah, I mean, based on what we saw in the last dance, it would have been a disaster for that guy. Yeah. I mean, there would have been cell phone videos of him at blackjack tables. Till kingdom come, it would, have been, <laughs> it would have been absolutely, it would have been absolutely ridiculous. Um, I have to bring Josh. I have to bring up one bad memory for you because it coincides with a bad memory for me. So in 2015, you're pitching uh, for Louisville. I am working as the SID at Maryland baseball, and you and I both had heartbreaking losses in the 2015 student regionals. You guys lost to a Cal State Fullerton team we had beaten earlier in the year. We lost UVA both in walk-offs. We got walked off like two days before you guys, and I was sulking around for 48 hours and then watched that guy's ball barely get out down the left field line. You were awesome in that game. That just must have sucked. I don't know why I'm bringing this up because I'm just I'm just self. I'm just self. I, I, I think about it all the time. That's just got to be awful for you. <laughs> be oh, my God. So Tom, Tom Eshelman. He was he was on that Cal State Bulldogs oh. team. Yeah, so, so we, we had played them at home, and Mike Schworn beat him on Friday night. My guy, Mike Schworn, shout out to Mike Schworn. Um, and yeah, <laughs> he's he's, he's Thomas Eshelman is a stud. But you you were you were rolling against them, so rolling. Me and Ash literally were doing PFPs like three days ago, and we're still talking shit to each other about this game. Like, <laughs> <laughs> we hated you guys. Like that place was rocking. Like our stadium was crazy. And you know we we just go back and forth about it all. Literally, still to this day, it's so fun. I mean, uh, I mean, just to be able to play on that stage was sick, but losing sucks like that. I mean, especially like that. I mean, that was because no it's fun. it's so fun. You guys have some of the best fans in college baseball. Like they are incredible. Like anytime there, you guys are hosting a regional, hosting a super. Like I'm putting it on because it's just a it's a madhouse in there. Right, and that's and even uh, <clears throat> what was I gonna say? Oh, uh, Tom said that they were practicing like before they were practicing was like uh. They were do they were doing like crowd noise and like music and stuff like that to try to like you know emulate like the crowd that we were gonna have there. So they they were like saying that it was the craziest crowd like he thinks he's ever played in front of to this point. So it's pretty cool. I thought. Are you going to bat with for Louisville as as the program with the best guys going right now in uh in Major League Baseball? Are you going to bat right now? Guys? Yeah. Man, Vandy's got some dogs, but <laughs> uh, I think we've got. I think we've got some of the best, like, up-and-coming guys. I mean, you look at Brendan McKay, you got Will Smith, you got Corey Ray, who hasn't even debuted yet, Kyle Funkhauser, the Birdie Brothers, Nick Solak. Um, you know, even some of these young guys that are just not getting drafted. you got Reed Detmers out there in, uh, the, with the Angels. I'm forgetting Chad Green, uh, Adam Engel. I mean, we've got a bunch of guys that are, you know, that are, are a couple guys that are established big leaguers, but a lot of guys that are really just breaking through and trying to establish themselves uh, – 
you know, with their teams and with their clubs. So yeah, it's been really cool to watch. We got a, we got a couple guys in big league camp. Drew Ellis is out with the Diamondbacks. Kate McClure's with the White Sox. Like the list just goes on and on. I mean, it's a factory now. It's a, what, you know, Coach McDonald and Coach Williams have been able to do and just kind of recruiting and getting some of the best guys in the country. And it's surprising that the guys are, you know, going to school and, and they're getting them to, you know, not go in the draft really has, has been pretty impressive. We lost uh, Joe Adele. Uh, he was supposed to he was supposed to be a Louisville boy uh, from from Louisville. So, I mean, and he, he's another one that's you know, he, he's a decent guy. He's a decent player, I think. You can claim him. I think you can claim him for that. Louisville I'm claiming class. Joe. I'm claiming Joe for sure. We, we he works out in the Ville and he's a Louisville guy. We're claiming yeah. Joe. If Michigan could act like they got Jeter for whatever reason, like you can claim him. Yeah, I mean they've been claiming yeah. him for years. Yeah. Michigan got some. They've got a good baseball program too, though. They're, yeah. They got some. They got some good guys. Coach. Mm. Yeah. Cronen, Cronenworth went there, and then I think Barry Larkin. Yeah, maybe it's in got, the, yeah the twenty fifteen <laughs> Big Ten final with Cronenworth. He yeah. was yeah. he was yeah. awesome. Was awesome. He's a special player. He's good. You um, guys wear uh wear black pants, right? Those, uh, those, those are beats. Those are beats. Those are beat. 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 I was wondering. I hate, they look like softball players out there. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think everybody kind of has that. Yeah, I was gonna too. say. I I like the treaded light. Banks treaded lightly just to make sure you weren't gonna be. Well, I guess loyal to the, to the brand. Yeah, yeah. There, well, what about the what about the black pants? No, heck, no. Those are terrible. No, I was gonna I, say, I, are they uncomfortable? Yeah. They look. They just look uncomfortable, even though they're so, probably the same material as the white pants. I didn't. I, they got those the year I left. Thank God, because uh-huh. they love wearing them on Friday night. They love wearing the black pants and the. I, I always like the black jersey, like mm-hmm. the black uniform, white and, and, and the red letters outside, and then I'd wear like pinstripe. Uh, white and black pinstripe pants. I thought that looked good. But then they got these black pants and everybody's like, oh, this is so swag. This is cool. I'm like, eh, not for me, but maybe, you know, I guess some of the, some of the people like it and the fans like yeah. it. Yeah. I, I ain't rolling with that. If I'm seen, pitching, I ain't wearing that. Have you seen some of like the, the all Navy blue ones that like, like Notre Dame has them? I think yeah. the Durham Bulls. What do you think about those? I mean, it's, I think it's okay. It's just, it's just a weird. Like, like I couldn't see like a big league like team wearing something like that. I just don't think it's like a, a pro look. I mean, I think like to high school kids, like you know, you being recruited, like oh man, we got like sixty-two uniform combinations, <laughs> even these black ones. You know, it's like man, those are sick. I want to pitch on Friday night at Louisville in the black unis, which is, <laughs> you know, it, it's a, it's cool for, it's cool for college baseball, but. Uh, you know, I, I'm not. I don't want to wear no black pants. So, <laughs> would you have gone Chris Sale and, and taken some scissors to him? If, uh, <laughs> bump? No, 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 no. I wouldn't have done that. But luckily, our coaches they did let us pick. Uh, you know what jersey we wanted to wear if we were if we were the starter that week. So that was kind of cool. I like that. Uh, they they cool. might still be the Vanderbilt black pins are horrible. So. Mm. What about See, like I don't think Dreams? those are. I don't think those are as bad. Wow. Okay. Fair enough. Because they, they enough. got a little two toned, but the black pants are so like. It's yeah. So, it looks like sweatpants. I think it looks like a like a beer league <laughs> softball. <laughs> it really does. Yeah. I, you know what it I mean? Does. I think it's, yeah. You just never hear. I, I don't think you really hear a baseball player be so so frank about it though. That it's like this is just not a baseball look. It, it it's not. That's why I, I just try to be real with it. everything, anything like with baseball. I ain't sugarcoating it. You know, I just I don't want to, if I don't like it, I'm gonna say it. <laughs> what did play good? Yeah, we'll get we'll 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 sort of get you out of here on a baseball question. You, you you know, you're sort of a part of this rebuild. You know, in, in Baltimore, and it's something the fans you know talk about all the time. We obviously talk about it a lot. What is kind of the vibe with you and some of those young pitchers, young guys coming up? where you see this opportunity, as you said, in, in, in New York, you know, you had, you had a stack system and you have all these, you know, they're trying to win now. 
Obviously, you have a different sort of situation right now in Baltimore. Do you sort of look for an opportunity to seize there, you know, once you sort of get back to the form you want where you say, okay, I can get up here and, and make a difference right now? No doubt. Uh, I think it's just like I, t- I actually had a meeting with Hyder, uh, Brendan Hyder the other day, and it was like, you know, I, I just was so honest. I said, man, I haven't been good. Like since you and uh, Mike took over the, you know, the, the organization and I just haven't been good. And it is what it is. I'm going to look you in the eye and tell you, I just, I've sucked. Uh, I'm not going to sit here and blame it on my arm and make all these excuses up. Like I could sit here all day and tell you, but until I get back on the mound and show you and, you know, regain some uh, trust from the front office, from coaching staff, uh, you know, I, I'm, gonna, I'm just trying to put myself in the position to do that. And that's what I told them. Uh, I think the vibe with our team is is awesome. Uh, we've got a lot of young guys, a lot of hungry guys, a lot of guys trying to establish themselves, guys who have started to establish themselves. I mean, look at John Means, man. That guy's crazy good. Like, uh, you know, three, three, three years ago, nobody in baseball knew who John Means was. And it's like, man, he came onto the radar fast and he's improving so much. And we've got a lot of really good young guys uh, coming up uh, in our system. It's, it's, it's exciting to see, but at the same time, you know, I got to guys like me, I got to kick it into gear. I got to, I got to pitch well and get off on the right foot and get back up there and, and make sure and put myself in a position to, to be a part of this rebuild and not, you know, in and out of it uh, quickly. Cause, cause those boys are coming. Uh, those young boys are coming so you can look at guys like dean kramer i mean he's nasty he just looks the part out there i think and i think he looked he's looked the part you know ever since i'm not going to be the guy to judge and say he's great or not but you know from just a player's perspective i think he's sick uh keegan aiken i think he's you know got a very high ceiling in that in the, in the league uh and then of course you know with some of our big time prospects obviously adley and uh dl hall and grayson and some of those guys that are that are coming through the system are super super exciting. You gonna grow for your hair fa- out like Dean f- too? What's that? You gonna grow your hair out like Dean too? No, he, no, he had no, it no, flowing no. today. <laughs> he, the, his hair his hair is way better than Hunter's. We were actually stretching the other day, and I said, "Man, you smell good." I thought he was wearing cologne. He said, "It's my hair." I said, "Ah, oh, so you got a lot of product in there and stuff." So he's like, he has to take care of it, and then I guess Hunter just leaves his all greasy and stuff. <laughs> Absolutely. Keep it natural with the Cowboys. Yeah, say the, the hair, the hair problems of the, the Orioles pitching staff right there. Right. And, and then you even look at guys like in our bullpen too. I mean, you take guys like Tanner Scott, man. I mean, I think he, he came onto the scene last year and had an incredible year. I think his stuff's electric, uh, <clears throat> you know, getting him in, into games and into positions to succeed and his watching his confidence build. He's, he's going to be nasty too. So we've got some, you know, great guys and our clubhouse vibes are awesome. Uh, everybody's, you know, really, you know, relaxed and, you know, getting after it, working hard and just hungry to hungry to try to make themselves uh, established big leaguers and, you know, help this team and help this organization and kind of turn it, turn, turn things around here. Well, we can't wait to see you get back to your form and be a part of that thing. Uh, Josh, thanks so much for coming on for uh shout out the hat, shout out the hat real quick. Okay. I'm going to uh, shout out the hat. The port, yeah. Uh, this is a Brandon Matthew hat. Uh, it's a, he used to be a, uh, he used to work, uh, work, I think for Scotty Cameron or alongside of it, uh, but he's a lefty. I'm a lefty. I love Scotty Cameron putters. I've always wanted like those fancy Scotty Cameron putters, so but never got one. He started his own milling company, Brandon Matthew Putters. You can check them out online. They're awesome. You can customize them, put your name on them, make them look just like Ricky Fowler's Scotty putter. But it's but it's his brand and it's his thing he's got going. It's pretty it's pretty sick. There you awesome. go, Josh. Uh, now, no longer a short porch guy. You're an exit fifty two guy. So thanks. Yeah, for I'm an exit fifty two guy, man. Tommy and those guys, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> thanks so much, man. All right, man. Appreciate yeah. you guys. Have a good night.
Back to you in the studio. Back here on the Exit 52 podcast presented by Jimmy Seafood. Really appreciate Josh Rogers coming on. I I felt bad. I I really had to bring up that 2015 Super Regional situation, and I brought up a terrible memory for the guy, but I just needed for someone to share in my misery. Um, Not that I played, so none of it's about me, but they got walked off on to lose a Super Regional. We got walked off on at Maryland to lose a Super Regional. Sorry, Josh. If you listen, I'm sorry I brought it up. It just, I, I we had such a, we were, we were vibing on all, all the different things, you know, the group, we're talking shoes, talking everything. So, you know, that that's my biggest takeaway. Yeah. But you putting that guy into misery. You are you know, to the ground. You, I was almost stunned because you do such a great job of, like, we have a set of questions, I feel like, on every interview that we do that we probably stick to 60 to 75% of the time. And then we kind of riff from there and kind of see where things go. And you seem to always have one or two questions in every interview where you start something off. And I'm like, I don't know where he's going with this. And he lands the plane very perfectly every time. And I'm like, Oh man, that's a great question. And Taylor started this one off. I'm like, okay, where's he going with this? All right. And then, and then, <laughs> and then I was just, it just started to go downhill and I was like, Oh no. Oh, damn. oh, what's happening here? <laughs> I just, I, I just remembered. I, I obviously realized he was on the team. I didn't realize he pitched in the game until I was doing the research while we were talking to him. Um, so I just hadn't thought about it that much, and I just will never forget watching those guys get walked off to a Cal State Fortune team we'd beaten earlier in the year. And funny that Tom Eshelman now on this Orioles team as well, um, and he obviously talked about those guys going back and forth on that stuff. Big shoe guy, love that. Big golf guy. We also love that. Um, yeah. Going to need to get Banksy versus Rogers out there on a, on a Baltimore course near you. Or me getting 30,000 strokes, which just annoys everybody. So we can sure do does. that too. Uh, uh, <laughs> and he's he's an X-52 guy, not a short porch guy. So sorry, short porch. Yeah, he wants that on the record. But it, but yeah. if Justice Sheffield wants to come on this podcast. I don't, I don't really want Justice Sheffield. Yeah, I, like, I don't know where you're going with that one either. Yeah, yeah. Do we, need, do we need to have him on? <laughs> no, no. Um, yeah, but awesome stuff from Josh and and, uh, and RDT got him on. So thanks for bringing him on, RDT. So yeah, no, like, like you said, I, I like the non he, he said this is what he wants to do. He likes doing stuff like this. He didn't give the cookie-cutter answers. Like the the stuff about the black Louisville uniforms was was hilarious. Like you, I feel like most of the time you just hear guys go like, yeah, I, I like the turf jerseys. I, I think we look good blah, 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 and they'll just move on. He's like, no, you look like – the softball player's look is, is – I mean, he nailed it. Yeah. He absolutely nailed that. The black pants are it's – a t- it's a tough look for baseball. It's a tough look for baseball. Um, But, yeah, no, I think he, he – Josh, I think when he talks more and gets, like, more refined, he's got, like, good radio show vibes. Like, he could jump between different topics. Mm-hmm. Like he kind of has his bases covered and and has takes in a lot of different directions. Just strikes me as like he was a make your own adventure interviewer guy, <laughs> former former pro athlete. Like he's getting ready to go, man. He's gonna hopefully pitch a long time in the bigs, but um, I think he'll be successful in that as well. So appreciate Josh coming on the show, uh, guys. I, we're let's I'll reverse it. Uh, normally we do the draft first. Uh, do we want to get through Maryland Man of the Week and then get or Person of the Week and then get to the draft? Sure, it doesn't do matter to me. Uh, yeah. Banks, I'll start with you if you got one. Yeah, no, I'm going to do sports fans. Sports fans in general. Sports fans are back. Um, 
this is pretty much my segue into the whole Bryson DeChambeau thing. I had a time in my life, or at least I felt like it because I hadn't been to a sporting event in forever. Um, I haven't really broadcast this to much, much anyone because people get kind of, kind of pissy about the way that things are, you know, whatever the rollout and all that. I was vaccinated a, a little bit ago. And so I, as soon as I got scheduled for my second shot, I was like, where is stuff going on? I need to go somewhere. I need to be involved. I need sports. I need to be in the mix. I looked at the PGA tour schedule. They were starting to have some fans had to go to Bay Hill needed to be there. Now it's funny in mid July, I, when, when Bryson DeChambeau, I think won the rocket mortgage in Detroit and he was blasting golf balls further than anybody had ever seen on PGA tour. I specifically thought of Bay Hills number six, this par five with the water. There's a green is actually only 350 yard carry. If you try to go a direct route and I took a picture of it um, on a GPS and was like, I can't wait to see this guy go at this green or at least consider it or just see what he's capable of on this hole. And I thought of that and I was like, Oh shit. I, I, I simply have to go to this golf tournament and see what he can do. And so I went and we got a downwind day and I just got to that six tee box when he was going to be there. I mean, people were waiting for a good 30, 40 hour, whatever it is before he got to this, this hole. And there was a big gigantic crowd. And I got in a good spot there where I was kind of elevated back on one of the forward tees on the fourth tee box. And I recorded this video and it was just perfect in terms of how it encapsulated just how rowdy it was. Like everyone was fired up to see this guy swing from the heels like you know everybody loves the happy gilmore thing everybody loves the whole you know happy gilmore right at 400 yards you know that cold you know that whole thing so um he went out there and he didn't exactly go for the green but he came pretty damn close to trying it you know and and he did it again on sunday and it was just a freaking blast to be out there and drink some beers out in the sun and, and mix it up with some people and, and, and watch some golf and him going out and win the tournament the way he did. was awesome. But the fans are what made it awesome. The sports, you know, fans in general just make sporting events a billion times better. And I actually like, maybe because I was there, like when I watch it on TV, like it just feels like it's natural and that's how it's been. But like, I, I hope it, seemed as cool and as new and like almost like falling in love again with sports fans if you were watching at home and heard the fans just go wild for him and also the hole in one with jordan speed that i saw with my own two eyes like that was an electric moment an awesome roar but um yeah i'm just i'm rambling i had so much fun doing it i'm going back to the players this weekend for friday and saturday i'm gonna have just so much fun there again so um sports fan Sports fans, we're almost there. Camden Yards opening day should be there. Light at the end of the tunnel. Good things are coming. Love that. Yeah. RDT? Oh, I have to say, real quick, uh, was fun to watch your videos. It did – It did. I texted you this the other day. It did, like, make me, like, yearn to be at an event. We had, like – we had friends and family at the Maryland game on Sunday. And it was probably maybe 300 people. I don't know. I didn't even want to really ballpark. I, I kind of just looked around a little bit. But like just to have a, the energy of other people in the event, oh, it was so nice. It was mm-hmm. so, so, so nice. So love that you got to go down and do that. Now it's 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 Island Green time for Banksy. Can't wait. I See mean, that's, that's just like 
I wouldn't say it's as like as high on the list as it was to me uh, that it would be like a bucket list item, but it's like something to see for sure. Um, so I'm fired up to see what that experience is like. And I, I mean, I, I, I'm going to imagine they're letting in 20% capacity, which is kind of a lot. Um, I, yeah. Cause I'm those, gonna, those TPC events are made for spectators. Yeah, those, exactly. Those, those Tons places. of mounds and things like that for people to like viewing galleries um, type of amphitheater type settings. And they're that, um that 17th hole area with the 16th green that is kind of like in the same pond area is going to be i'm sure packed to the gills and it's going to be a blast rdt you got so this is kind of right up your alley and it's kind of what we talked about before and you can probably fill in like i'm gonna say mine and you can probably fill in x name of who did this the the whoever idea it was to set up the um, the Daryl Morcel Zoom call with the surprise of him being named the the Big Ten Defensive Player of the Year, I thought that was awesome. Like the Sean way that, was that? Oh, good old Sean. All right, I think he's a listener. Sorry. I think we uh, think we have some uh, connections there. I thought mm-hmm. that was just really cool how they did it, where you know he had the whole team because obviously last year, well, not not this time last year. But two years ago, they would have been in the locker room or, you know, a practice or something like that. And Turgeon would have announced it in front of the whole crowd, you know, the, the team after practice or something like that. But I thought having his parents drop in was awesome. And I, I don't know. And, and again, the Maryland people who cut the video and, and edited it and put it all out, I thought it was really well done. Um, I, I love seeing that. I think today or earlier this morning, I think on Tuesday. Um, yeah, I, I thought that was really neat. So just social media people, I guess, in, uh, in general really knocked it out of the park this week. That was very cool. Yeah. Uh, Sean with the idea. And then our, our video person there is Tony Price, who does all the awesome stuff you see from Maryland basketball on social media video wise. He's very, very talented. And they uh, put that stuff together and very well deserved for Darren Morsell. Was that this morning or did they just make the announcement this morning? They told him last night. Okay. They told him last night. And then they announced it at noon today, the the big 10 defensive player of the year. Um, And I feel like Daryl, you know, you know, Maryland, obviously not in Baltimore. And this is a, I guess you know, Baltimore show, like he's a Baltimore guy. Um, and so very cool. It's funny. Um, and Sean pointed this out. The three people that won the big 10, the three major awards of so player of the year, um, freshman of the year and fits player of the year, all sort of from this DMV type area. So shows you the quality of basketball going on around here. Uh, I also have a Maryland based, uh, winner of this award. Um, and it is the Maryland men's lacrosse team for absolutely stomping Hopkins in the rivalry. This mm-hmm. weekend, uh, if you have any cross interest, you know that Maryland Hopkins is uh, perhaps the biggest, arguably the biggest rivalry in that sport. And um, Hopkins is going to have some trouble for a while because the Terps are, are rolling um, and the, those teams will play again. Normally, they only play once and it's towards the end of the year. They will play again at Homewood Field. Um, hopefully, there are fans available for that game because um, it's just such an awesome Awesome lacrosse environment, and and kudos to John Tillman and the boys. I said I would keep bringing up lacrosse in this segment if I could. I'm bringing it up again. The Terps are really, really, really good uh, um, right now. Great-looking trophy, too. We'll be a national title contender. Any honorable – great-looking trophy. It's so funny. That trophy, I wish I – I need to this. I wish I knew the place that made it, but got it fixed. Or they got a new base. I think that's where I drove. I can't remember. This was like a couple years ago. 
And I drove with that in my car like I was driving with like the Declaration of Independence or something. Like I and not like trying to steal it like our man Nick Cage, but like that thing was like st- strapped in. I was driving like 30 miles an hour. And I was like, I cannot have this thing fall and break. And break or, or chip or. It's such a cool trophy. It's such a cool rivalry trophy. The freaking crab. It's good stuff. So. Uh, I might as well just give an honorable mention because there's more I can elaborate on with it. I might as well give it to Bryson DeChambeau for winning the tournament. But also. Um, Your guy? Your new uh, best yeah, friend? He's, he may or may not be my new best friend. Mm. Um, yeah, I've had a lot of mixed uh, takes on him throughout my time kind of covering golf at Barstool and he's uh especially the Masters I mean I was pretty tough on him he lost to to Bernard Longer on on Sunday and then that's he's given up 70 yards at least to Longer pretty much uh, on every drive at Augusta and um you know there was a lot of talk about Bryson going out and and tearing Augusta National apart and now he's going to run away with that tournament and he kind of got bullied by Augusta National and um I was pretty tough on him, and I thought that the, all those criticisms were fair that I said. I don't take them back, but um, it was very cool to then um, – you know, I, this was a solo trip I did down to Orlando, which is awesome, by the way. Like, that actually may be another honorable mention, solo trips. I did one to Wrigley a couple years ago. Unbelievable time, this trip. I, you can just do what, what you want when you want without any sort of residual feelings of like, oh, I got to make sure this, this person is doing what they want and balancing things out, whatever. It's a lot of fun. Anyways – um yeah he he was at the range like super late like the sun like all the players after the round on saturday went to the range and like warmed down basically they hit maybe 20 minutes of balls you know pretty nonchalant just you know just kind of cooling down and ending the day trying to dial in some good feelings from the round because they had a big day sunday bryson's out there for another two hours or so like basically in the dark like last guy off the range by like an hour. I mean, he's just out there just pounding balls over and over and over. His team is like bringing out bucket after bucket after bucket. I hate my Apple watch. Sometimes the thing has a mind of its own. Just go. Um, it's the fourth member of this show. Yeah, basically. Um, so he's, he's just, his team's just bringing him a bucket and then another bucket. And you think he's just wrapping up and then another bucket comes out. Um, eventually, you know, he says, I've had enough. I'm going to, he comes over and like says, Hey, to the five or six people who are just kind of lingering, watching them hit. And that was like myself and uh, a dad and a couple kids shout out to that dad for being a great dad. Um, and then another couple that was just kind of lingering. And he, I kind of introduced myself. I had like a barstool quarter zip on and I was like, Hey man, like great job out there today like i just kind of mixing it up and i just kind of mentioned like hey i write for barstool like i probably said some not some great things but like how fun was that drive today on six like it just he was and he was so genuine and so excited so fired up for having done it he had more fun than anybody in the video that i posted anybody who was watching like he had the most fun and it showed when he you know put his arms up when he hit the drive like he had a blast hitting that drive and I would too. And I thought that it came across super genuine um, in conversation. And then like I interacted with him after he won Um, at the end of the day, I got the picture that I posted on Twitter and all that. And he just same vibes. Like he just generally wants to win really bad. And yes, he's a bit quirky. He has his, his tinkering that he does and people will like it or not like it. 
Um, but he does a lot of fun things hitting the golf ball really far. And he came across to me personally, like very genuine and very like, he wants to like, he, he wanted to please people like in terms of the, the people who had stuck around and watched him hit at the range and waited for him after his media sessions and all that stuff. He wanted to, to give, give back to those people who, who cared about him and rooted for him and stuff like that. And so I just, I don't know, he, he kind of converted me this weekend and, uh, um, it was a, it was a fun connection to make. So shout out to Bryson DeChambeau. Rant number two. Done. That's a great one. Yeah, no, I mean, Bryson, Bryson is such an interesting character in that sport and kind of in sports in general, in terms of he bucked, didn't buck trends, but he got himself on a specific plan and said, I am playing this sport this way, no matter what anybody else says, I am doing this the way I want to do it. And it is certainly paying dividends. He has a major under his belt. He wins Bay Hill, which is one of the biggest events on tour every single year. He's he's going to be a factor everywhere. I'm a schemer. And like way- a lot of us here in the Barstool audience, things like that, we're like gamblers. We're always like got systems and things. We're always trying to find edges of how we can like build a system and pick winners or whatever it might be. He's building systems and trying to find edges. It's like kind of like Moneyball, even like. Where are people doing things one way and where is their opportunity to buck those trends and take advantage and turn it into something? And he's doing that at a maximum level. Like he's just going all in. And that's exactly to your point, Taylor. Like those are the types of things that I think people should be embracing. And I resisted that for a long time. And I think I, you know, there were definitely parts along the way that I loved. Um, But then after seeing it this weekend, I think I'm all in. Did yeah, we lose connection yeah. There? <laughs> I mean, he, I, I agree with you. I, I, he just, no, we did not. He's good for the game. Good for the game. Um, Mr. Mr. DeChambeau. Uh, I only have one quick honorable mention. Uh, WandaVision on uh, Disney plus just ended. Great show. Great show. That's all mm-hmm. I got. RDT, any honorable mentions? I don't think so. I haven't seen WandaVision. I don't understand the, the winking meme or anything like that. Uh, yeah, I can't. I can't get into shows wow. like that. I, I, I just, jump in the Marvel Universe, boys. No. I can't do it. Uh, it pass. Jump in. A, jump in. One time. I'm, I'm, I'm good. Whatsoever. Ted Lasso. Watch Ted Lasso. Wow. Uh, that is next on my list. That's that just a jolly time. Uh, it is. You will just. You will like that a lot, Taylor. I like, love soccer. Just, you're yeah, just a happy right dude. He's he's just the happiest. That's dude true. Ever. I am a happy guy. Yeah. Uh, and speaking of things that are going to make me happy, uh, going back to Orioles games, as we talked about early in the show, and that is our draft. This week, uh, starting five, I'm going to see the the definition we've kind of come up with is things you can do if you were taking someone to a game. I also interpret this like if you're taking someone that never been to Camden Yards or never been to Baltimore, kind of having them through the game to experience. I also have some things in here that are just things that I've done in my Orioles watching past that I were fun and I enjoyed that I couldn't do now necessarily. So those are kind of in there too. So general like Orioles game day experience um, type of things as we yeah. have this news about Camden Yards. Um, I had the first pick last week. Banks, you had the second pick. RDT, you had the third pick. Um, it looks like based on the way this has been rotating, RDT, you have the first pick. Um, Banks, you have the third pick, and I have the second pick. So, 
that is what would go. So it makes sense. The Orioles man himself, you know, just beat Dan Connolly in the, some internet bracket that I've voted for you in. Uh, you get the first oh, pick. Thank you. Yeah, You're big, big, uh, anything big I, matchup. Anything I can do to expand your brand, RDT. Big matchup on Friday against uh, Olivia, our, our buddy from the Athletic. Um, number one pick, I got to go. The, the bars outside, the pickles, sliders, all that, the, the whole mess out front on uh, opening day. And not even like just opening day, it's just pickles is it's the place to go to. Um, obviously, we all have our connection there with, with our friend Martin. And um, it's just an all-around good place. If I'm bringing someone – I mean, I, I will stop there before, after. doesn't matter. Like, I will go there uh, if we go to a game. Um, just a good place to, again, grab a beer win, loss, rain out, whatever, it's, it's the place to be. So I, I think that's, that's my number one, uh, my number one pick. Pickles, sliders, that whole bar, outside bar area. I think that's a tremendous top pick right there. Thank um, you. I think that's the got to be one. one. No, you, you just like yeah. taking the whole thing, though. Like, it's interesting. I, like, I'm not going to. Well, like, I, I mean, I'll go it. to Pickles, and then you bounce around, you go to Sliders, big-ass beer sign. That is kind of um, just like the idea, though, behind the, the criteria of this draft is just like mm-hmm. things you do. It's like an activity. You go to Pickles, you you, you kind of bar hop, you kind of wander around, you do your thing. Maybe Frank and Nick's use the bathroom there, the, maybe. One of the best things. <laughs> I, that I cannot think, wait to do that again. <laughs> I know. I'm so excited. One of the low-key best things um, <laughs> that I don't think anyone ever really talks about is that on like a weekday at 4 or 5 o'clock, you get there to, to pickles early. The sun shines down into that front area of pickles in such a way where the angles and everything are just perfect. And you just have this perfect blue sky looking at the stadium in left field. Like it's just an underrated element to the, the pickles experience. That's one place I can't wait to get back to. Like, yeah. I can't wait to step foot in there and watch banks smash can. <laughs> <laughs> it's going <laughs> I, I, yeah. Hopefully that's in a month. Oh, that, that <laughs> could just, be one of yours. That could be one of yours. It was, Let's just do that. We'll, we'll come back. Let's just do that in a month. Uh, my mine mine is a is a is is a current thing that that you do it at Oriole Park uh, inside the stadium, but also something that I think just gave me a lot of like wonder as a kid. I still think walking and now I do it with a beer in my hand, but walking to the edge of the wall on the flag court and looking over the field from that vantage point is like one of the most unique parts of the stadium there. And that was always like, that was always something I wanted to walk past when I was a kid. So it brings back those memories and it's still a place I love standing now. So that's, that's my pick. Just chilling on the, chilling on the the flag court, looking over standing room only above the, above in right field, standing room only that standing section, the right field or above that's uh, right field. Okay. Well, you guys just like kind of just took in a way indirectly both of my top two on my board. Like, um, so I may like come back with a variation there towards the end here, but um, I'm just going to go with John Denver seventh inning stretch. Um, I, I hadn't even realized it when I was maybe five, six years old, but I was at whatever game where John Denver was just happened to be there and he got up on the dugout and sang it. And I had no real appreciation for it at the time. And I think I was young and I like knew the song it's, you know, this is the seventh inning stretch song. And uh, my dad was just like, this John Denver, like he, he made this song. And I'm like, 
oh yeah and now it's like this very blurry but faint memory that i have that like oh i was there that one time john denver was actually and then of course he he died a plane crash not too long after so did you um, think that he did that like at every game like did you think that it was like yes yeah i I thought it was like the national anthem so yeah Yeah. it's funny you said that because that's literally what i thought um i was like oh yeah like oh did he do this on the big deal he does it every game he gets up there and sings it right so um yeah, that's that is fifty three years young for John Denver. Yeah, it's very sad. Very sad. I would have said seventies when he died. Yeah, fifty three. Yeah, and shout out Clapper Red by the way. Um, my first pick of the second round is I am going. I have to take the center field bar. I have to do it. Um, Tax. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I actually prefer flag court beers. That's actually my preference. I love hanging out there because you're you're very close to the action. Um, the beer, like one that run, runs along section one there, and you mm-hmm. get the whole row on Utah Street of all the different vendors back there. It's a tremendous location, and it's easy to easy to. Well, you don't have to go like up the stairs, and I think that they maybe filter the 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 capacity up there in some degree. Whereas you get the high top tables in the flat court, it tends to be a little more, uh, I don't know, free range. And, uh, and you get some balls flying up there every so often, you know, I opening day, the last one, I guess we had Jonathan VR buzzed my tower, um, with a, with a lead off from run the first inning. Um, you say that was bottom one. I remember, I remember you like yeah. tweeting. Like, yeah. My story was like, it was, like that. it was my birthday and I, I twinged my neck walking out the front door where I literally was like crippled. I was like Elaine with the bike. Like I, like I was crippled all day. I literally couldn't turn my head to one direction. And so you can sort of even see it on the broadcast. The ball goes over my head. Like there was no chance of me getting it, but I know the layout of that flag court well enough where the, the, the brick facades, the, the pillars, like there's a good chance of a, of a, a ricochet, a hot ricochet right back in my direction and so, like, if I if I was not mangled, I would have been able to snap around and square my body up and, like, be ready for this bounce back. I, like, you can almost see me on the broadcast, if you look for it, where I, like, turn my body without turning my head like a robot, and the ball buzzes right back past me, and some other guy gets it. So, um, sad story there for me, but... Uh, it was a fun, fun little, uh, the guy who got it was like all fired up and we were drinking loose cannons and got a hilarious photo with my dad, like just next to the ball and him just like having, it just, it's just a great experience up there. Opening day is sweet. Yeah, it is sweet. It was it's sweet. Back in a month. Um, uh, this, this could potentially be a little bit of an overdraft, but I, I have a specific reason why this is going to be taken. Uh, I'm going to take the hot dog race on the screen. Uh, and specifically because I have, and, and I don't know if we've gotten into this on this show. Uh, I have a very a big affinity for ketchup um, <laughs> in my general life. And so the hot dog race means a little bit more to me because I'm just absolutely just going more. I was, I remember at some I am point, going bananas for ketchup. I remember at on. some point I was thinking to myself, we're going to have a conversation about ketchup, uh, just ketchup at some point. Like Taylor's going to work ketchup into the conversation at some point, 
and it's going to be out there and that's when like it'll just be started at that point never did i expect it to be a conversation about the hot dog race but it's fitting it's it's a it's a perfect way to bring it into the fold yeah ketchup i root for ketchup like an absolute lunatic and uh, I think the hot dog race is fun. I I, I, think, I think it's, it's a, a great pick. I, I think it's, it's I think it's a great it's high. a great it's I think it's there's there's another potential big screen thing that could get selected. So I, I won't step on it, but I think it's the best thing that they do. From uh, they do a good they do in good in game stadium experience stuff in there. But I that is just one that you keep coming back for year after year, and the crowd gets into it. So mm-hmm. yeah, oh yeah, go catch yeah. up. Mustard people, relish people. Sorry. <laughs> the best though is is that they switched it up because for a while it was whoever was losing when they got to third base wins the race. Like Banks was talking about finding the formula or finding you know it was always whoever. Yeah, they've done a much better job animating those things lately. Yeah, yeah. So I'm I'm sure I I was trying I was tweeting at them last year during the when there was no baseball. Like I'll give you fifty dollars. I'll donate to any charity you name. If you can put out like a hot dog race a day, that would have been great. Can you imagine that? It would have been great. No, you're five absolutely o'clock right. every day that they tweet out a different race. They probably have ten different races. It would build the brand of the hot dog race so much. Oh my god! Like I, I mean, I still don't understand why they didn't do that or the crab shuffle. Like I was like, I'll give a hundred dollars for crab shuffle right now. So offer still Man, out there if they want to do that. Not be stepping on more picks right now. No. Oh yeah. I'm sorry. The CS. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> sorry. Um, well, we'll see. Six pick. And so with mine, I no, I'm not gonna say. Uh, <laughs> I will go. I'll say going and seeing the Ken Griffey Jr. ball on the warehouse. Okay, okay. I think that is like pound for pound one of the coolest things. Um, there, like it, it's just everyone's seen the video the, the from the home run derby of, of him hitting it. And I love how you got to climb over the little railing at Dempsey's and look up and there's always someone sitting at the table right underneath of it. I, I think it's just an awesome thing. And I, I always make sure to show people um, if I'm bringing them there for the first time or, or just, you know, just, just showing people around the stadium. I think that's, that's one of the coolest, one of the coolest things. Um, my third is who I think, I think you got to count all the, the home run plaques with that, by the, the way. U, Utah three counts with that. With the yes, yes that, that okay. portion of it, yeah. Okay, I I'll, I, I'll I'll gladly take that. Yeah, um, I, yeah. I'll say I'll. I think yelling O. There's something about that first O that you yell, and during the national anthem, you just plucked my one and three remaining on my board. I right had there. to. Um, those, are, those are good picks. Uh, very near and dear, and it's always great seeing the out of towners who they don't really know what's coming and and. They they kind of jump a little bit, or, or you could tell it kind of freaks them out. So it's always uh, it's always nice getting getting the first one out of the year, and then just doing it at every other game. So yell and O. Uh, both great picks. I, I don't. I'm fine if this gets shouted down. Uh, my but I'm gonna pick it. My uh, third pick here is I'm taking six dollar student ID ticket nights. Oh, Those are electric. That's a great pick. high school, college. That could have been a first college. overall pick. What are you talking about? Up, that's a up, great up pick. In the, I just didn't know if it into the context. Up in the up in the upper deck, moving around, you know, awkward, you know, interactions. Nothing but other kids people. doing the same thing as you. 
just doing mm-hmm. the same thing. You know, you're staring down other groups, you know. You bring your squeeze. You, you out see there. the rival high school over there. Yeah, like yeah. maybe you bring like a, you know, you, you're in the friend group. Maybe you got like a crush in there. Maybe, you're, you know, you're trying not to make a fool of yourself at the game. There's just like a lot of great dynamics. The tickets <laughs> are really cheap. You the can parking, move wherever you The want. parking garage was before the game was even better. No, you uh, just don't know that, I used to we used to come from from the from uh, so I lived. You do the light rail. Do the light rail. So we do the light rail. Oh. Like I guess like Mount Washington. Maybe the stop after that, going towards Hunt Valley, and we would light rail, and that was electric. I mean, that was just an electric time getting around down there around six thirty. We didn't drive down there. It's just easy to do from the light rail. So yeah, I mean, student ID ticket night was awesome, and. uh you know, we'll I never have that back. Five none to of, six. None of us will be doing. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. It used to be five. I just looked it up because I just couldn't remember. And then they say it's six now. I don't even know if they. I guess they still do it. But electric on Fridays. Electric. So that's my pick. That's a good pick. Hell of a pick. I love that pick. pick. I felt like when we first, I, I kind of first brought this this topic to the table. There was some consternation about like, ah, like, do we, like, is there enough there? Or like, what is the true criteria here? Like you smashed that pick. I think that's mm-hmm. a, that, that may have just won. That's us. Russell Wilson in the third round. <laughs> yeah. It's, I think I have a good one here for my third, third round pick. I'm just going to take Clancy in general. Clancy's the pick. He's just a legendary beer okay. man. Um, Everybody knows him. He's got the hat with the name written on there. Uh, phenomenal. Uh, Fucking Jack. Jack. Uh, condiment script on the on the dog. If you get a dog, you generally sticks to the beer. But um, he's one of those people that like. When I think of most about this pandemic, and I'm just like, man, I hope that guy's okay. Man, I was thinking about Clancy a few times during this pandemic, being like, man, mm. wonder what Clancy's up to. He was in a Buffalo Wild Wings commercial, I think. Was he? I'm oh, shit. pretty sure he was. At like the beginning of the pandemic, saying like, I think it was something like there was like a message like we'll get through this, like we'll we'll be there when when you guys come back or something like that. Mm. I'll, I'll do wow. some research. All right, with my next pick though, I'm going to take. This is this is a kind of a childhood pick. This is a nostalgia pick. Um, you won't find me doing it pretty much ever these days at this point, but it's still just like, is a thing for me just going in early for batting practice. I, I mean, I love going in there just like sitting out in the bleachers. And um, I mean, I, 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 I've done it a few times as an adult, having some beers out there. Like that's, that's definitely fun. It's, it's not, not the cheapest route for sure. But um, especially when, when a, this is a bigger deal when the Orioles were just really bad and the, it would, you know, the other team was always the attraction. And when you get to see, you know, the, we went out of our way to see, you know, Barry Bonds and a few of these players when they came to town and watch them hit batting practice and, and that whole thing. And um, it's just a good vibe. Like just being in a stadium like when they're kind of just doing, doing the whole thing and they just got a playlist going and um, maybe you get some this week in baseball with uh was it Buzz Brainer, you know, rocking on the on the screen? Um, BP's just good vibe. I had it. I had it on my list. How many? How many? How many BPs do you think you went and watched? Out of curiosity, I would say I was good for at least a half dozen a year for a decade. 
I'd say. So I would say between 75 and 100. And I've been to some at some other That's... ballparks. I have like, when I went, I mentioned I went solo to Wrigley. I went solo for batting practice and I got some good sun and some beers at Wrigley. And honestly, batting practice at Wrigley is like with the wind blowing out, unbelievable. I felt like I was in heaven. Mm. That, yeah. Uh, I would I really want to go to that park. I remember when you did that. I really want to go see a game there. Uh, with my fourth pick, uh, I'm taking the Orioles' magic song. I think that song's a banger. Uh, mm. When that plays at the good stadium. Pick. It is a banger. And good things happen. Um, that, that song's fire. And uh, we haven't heard it enough in recent years, but back when things were going well and team would win and that song came on, people are clapping. I'm going Orioles' magic. It's a like lights that. out pick. I think you, know? you sandbagged us by saying you weren't prepared for this draft. Yeah, I mean, yeah, you've been. <laughs> Is this me now? You said, yeah. Okay. Um, I'll I will do one one of the newer. I mean, it's up there with the center field bar, the Statue Park. I think Statue Park is awesome. Uh, it was a Statue nice, Park's cool, the nice touch to. To the stadium obviously the when they put it in that 2012 season or no 20 2012 season 2012 season yes um when they put it in obviously coinciding with the team coming back and i mean the cal rifkin statue nights at top what three or four ball ball game at the at camden yards um unbelievable night the statues are so cool uh been out there i think lauren and i did some of our engagement photos at camden yards so we got some of the statues and and all and all that stuff out there, but it's always a nice, nice spot to hang out. You can, you can see a little bit of the, uh, of the game if you, if you're up there. So I always like that spot. The, uh, the statue park. I don't want to call it like people, like, does it have a name or is it just like the statues? I don't, people call it monument park and it's like, well, yeah. Monument parks. Yeah. Stadium. You can't call it monument. Yeah. Park. I don't know. I don't know what it's called. Well, we'll just call them the statues for right now. And then this is my last one, I believe. Yep. I'm gonna go, and this again, this one, this one kind of ties in with with some of the others. I like heckling above the bullpens. I like uh-huh. standing above the visitors, and and mm. if the if the game's getting a little out of hand, you can get a little mouthy. If you've had some beers, you can. Uh, I remember when we went with our, our good buddy JJ from New York. Uh, had asked. Aralis um, Chapman a, que- a question about the incident with his girlfriend that many of the Yankee fans around the bullpen did not like that I was asking. Um, but yeah, it's, it's a good time, and like you said, like you know, it's a nice spot. You, you'll see the, the the relievers and the guys out there tossing up balls to some of the kids. Um, get some get some cool interaction there with some of the players. Uh, just just a good time up there, and and. Again, and, and it's a hell of a view being able to look again right now. You're looking right down in over left center. I, th- I think that's pretty cool. Yeah, that's that's like a cool vantage point when you can sort of see down in there. Um, with my final pick, I'm taking the crab shuffle. I'm taking the crab shuffle. Finishing off. I'm taking both both of the the uh, stadium oriented games. Yeah, mm-hmm. the stadium oriented uh, oriented games that that uh, that Oriole. Park, Camden Yards provides. Crab Shuffle's a classic. There's really not much else to say. Old Bay, it's it's a natural fit. Crabs, natural fit. You know, it's a good shuffle. They've done a decent job over the years of making it hard. Um, 
It's just good. People get into it. Crab shuffle. I don't think I've ever lost a crab shuffle. Mm. You're real plead if you lose the crab shuffle. Yeah, you gotta be. You gotta be a couple beers deep. Um, or I'm just, sure I've I've lost it just by like spacing out during it. That, you probably just yelled ketchup at some point. Thank you. Like, well, I mean, yeah, yeah. I I don't remember the order. Does the crab shuffle go first, or does the does the hot dog race go first? I feel that like the hot dog race. Remember. I don't. I, I know. think it does too. It may, if ketchup I, loses, I'm devastated for at least three or four innings. I don't so. know that I've ever seen you eat crabs, Taylor, but it wouldn't shock me if you if you crack the claw and then dip the meat in ketchup. Like it wouldn't shock me. At all. <laughs> I've never done that. I've never done that. <laughs> I have had crab meat with ketchup oh. or crab cake. But I, but which I, is gonna probably piss a lot of people off. <laughs> listen to the show. But I, I think but Jimmy's I is gonna take their sponsorship. Yeah, away. yeah, yeah. They they may like hunt me down or something. Uh, I would never do it at a place. I would never do it uh, like at a place like Jimmy's. <laughs> I would do that in the privacy of my own home. But I've never cracked a crab. Uh, and he, knows, I've never done that. Like you don't pour like a, a just a pile of ketchup next to it. Like no, it's but some of the things I do with ketchup, people will be very disturbed. I will, we'll get to some, that at some point. Maybe like we'll do a the ketchup, the ketchup <laughs> asshole. What, what do they do with the, yeah. the ketchup? Right. Maybe we'll do a condiment draft at some point. Um, yeah, we can talk maybe. more about ketchup. So, yeah, crab. I do love crabs, and I love the crab shuffle. Finish this off, Banks. All right, so I'm. Uh, you're looking to avoid people pissing people off by not doing the whole thing with the ketchup there and the crab, whatever it might be in the jimmies. I I may inflame a lot of people with this pick um, because I'm kind of going out of my way to do it a little bit, but my pick is going to be eating anywhere, but boobs. I think oh, that I think wow. this boobs, is, not, this is very interesting. Boogs. Oh, man, I love boog pal. I, I mean, I go, I've done the whole thing where you stand in line and get the autograph and the picture with them and, you know, um, he signed a, uh, a card for me that says, you know, more MVPs than Jeter, which is totally true. People forget that. Um, but the barbecue, it's not good. It's not good. It's very bland. It's not a lot of flavor to it. It's just kind of very, eh, you know, it just doesn't really bring anything to the table. Pretty much everywhere else in the stadium for the most part. Kind of brings the ruckus a little bit food-wise. You get your mac and cheese hot dog. This was kind of more so my way to, to have this co- like conversation to a small degree, but also to make sure that I draft just kind of all the other awesome shit in one <laughs> And so I'm getting the crab mac and cheese hot dog. Um, you get your bacon on the stick, like all like all kinds of great stuff. Um, the waffle fries with the crab, crab dip. Like, oh, man. Um, just... Yeah, great food at Camden Yards. Boogs, meh, meh. In fact, Fair the last, take. the Fair last take. time they have I, done a good job with food around there. The last time I had it was with Marlins man. He did. We went. I went to the game with Marlins man. <laughs> oh yeah, two three years I ago, and he was like, "All right, we're we, we're gonna do a lap because he loves. He's got to do a lap of every park, Ask so me. he could do his thing." <laughs> and um. He was like, "Yeah, let's go. Uh, let's go on a walk here, and uh, and we'll get some food uh, over at Boogs." And I'm like, "Okay, all right, like sure, we'll go to Boogs." <laughs> and so we did that, and so I think that was the last time I had it. You won't wow, get an argument good. out of me. I mean, you you know my stance on it. I I just haven't had it that many times. I just don't think it's like what I I don't think I just I just don't think I want barbecue when I go 
to a baseball game. I, I would just love a quality sort of... barbecue sandwich. I'm a big barbecue yeah, but that's guy, not. But... It's like not no, barbecue. I love barbecue. I just that's just not really my vibe. I think when I'm going to to that stadium, but I had yeah. one at the golf. That'll game. be controversial. I'll, I'll be interested in how people react to that. Uh, RDT, you took bars outside the stadium pregame. The Ken Griffey Jr. ball, which encompassed all of the balls um, on Utah Street, yelling "O." Oh. Um, the Statue Park. Oh, I, yeah, I can't call Monument Park, so we'll call it the Statue Park. And then heckling above bullpens. I took uh, beers, flag court in the standing room only area. The hot dog race. The student ID discount night. Orioles magic, and the crab shuffle. Oh, and the hot dog race. Excuse me, I think I forgot the hot dog race there. Uh, and Banks, you took um, John Denver, Centerfield Bar, uh, Clancy, going in early for batting practice, and eating anywhere but Boogs. Any honorable mentions? I had my small variations off of a couple of your guys. Um, I specifically had heckling Jose Bautista. Oh, yeah, clinch miss. <laughs> We yeah, got it. We I got just, into his head that game. But there were other occasions too where just, yep. he was easily I yelled, rattled. I yelled at Nelson Cruz a lot one game too before he was a when he was a Ranger <laughs> after, after he got popped. So mm, it's probably why he didn't come back. Probably. My one specific one, and I I almost took this just to see the reaction. <laughs> There's like a specific experience of deciding to go to an Orioles game that starts at 7.05 at like 5.45 because there's really cheap tickets available and you're like, oh, yeah, I can go to the Orioles game for five innings and then come back and do something else with my Friday night like since they've been bad and and I've lived down here. That is like kind of a fun thing to do. (laughs) Oh, it's $15. We can just go and, you know, baseball. Pop in and come back. Yeah, or even like when I when I lived in 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 Towson, me and my brother would be like, ah, d- ah, d- dad, we want to drive down there. You know, it's not that expensive right now. It's just like that is so unique to baseball because there's so many games. It's not like football. You know, you're not like you could decide to go to a Ravens game the day of, but you're not shelling out ten bucks to get in. You know, you're you have to, and you're staying for the entire time. You could be like, oh, like, hey, Banks, let's like just like walk over the Orioles game for like four or five innings. Let me just come back. <laughs> <laughs> that is like an Orioles. You're in a great position for that where you're at now. Which I'm not sure if the Orioles were even so, or you were like, even in the house that. last time that they were playing at Camden Yards with fans. Uh we were. We were. We were for a little bit. Yeah. Uh, for like half of a season. So but not enough to like if we had if I'd been here last year we'd had I think it would have gone to a lot more games. But yeah. Ah, Orioles. Ah, do you want to go? I just ah. remember, like, in Love being that. in like, like high school or like right out of high school. Same thing, being like four thirty-five. Being like, I specifically remember being like, man, Manny's on four hundred ninety-nine home runs. The Red Sox are in town tonight. Like, we should go. And right. then trying to like yeah. getting down <laughs> there like- again, like before there was like online ordering tickets and shit. We got down there and they're like, yeah, these tickets have been sold out for like. A week and a half, kid. Like people, everyone from Boston came down. I enjoyed like, oh, looking oh, at StubHub. You know, the or you could be like, oh man, like I could go watch that loser Mike Trout play. Like maybe I can head down to the stadium and watch <laughs> for ten bucks. But yeah, but then you got all the Jersey meatheads coming down because he's from Jersey and everyone <laughs> in Jersey played little league against him. So I hope we can get Mike out. Trout on the show. Yeah, we I can. thought. We yeah. I don't know. I, I thought you were that would going, ever happen, but I thought you were going a different direction with that pick, by the way. I thought you were saying deciding we're gonna go to the game at like five thirty, then like 
popping over to pickles and looking up and it's 845 yeah like uh we'll get one that's more the other that's the in. other one direction more beer you before have to go. we go in and then it's like 815 and it's the fourth inning and the o's are down seven to one yeah six it's <laughs> six three and radis yeah, you're, like, not, really you're just not going in <laughs> yeah, that is a, that is another two that's another their bullpen yeah. and you're just kind of like ah you know get them tomorrow yeah we'll L- yeah two years two years ago two years ago i was gonna go to a game with someone and I think it rained right. Bo- it rained right before first pitch. So I think first pitch got moved back an hour. Ended up in ended up at Bandidos. Just didn't go. <laughs> just didn't go. We're like, ah, why would we go now? Yeah. <laughs> so that hopefully that the Orioles become good enough where you're not just like. Although maybe even if they were good, you would just be like, ah. Yeah. So uh, good draft. Artie, do you have any honorable mentions? Um, I had sitting in center field, just like the the section ninety to ninety six. Yeah. I love center field. It's like nineteen bucks a ticket. It's I think it's the yeah. best. It's like the best ticket in there. Um, getting the one dollar hot dogs outside that you can bring in. Um, I also like sitting in front of the the press box, like the friends and family section. Those are some of the best spots. Yes. Like, and also balls come back there pretty high. Oh yeah, and yep. it's a perfect view. There's mm-hmm. a certain there's like a row, the last row right in front of the press box that they set aside. I, I can't believe I'm giving away one of the best. Yeah, this is this is a big secret you're giving away. Yeah, the there's a row there that they keep open in case people have issues with seats. Or if they're stuck next to Rowdy like fans. fans where they complain and they're like, oh, yeah, we, you know, whatever, we'll just get you out of there and put you in these pretty solid seats behind home plate, last row in front of the press box. And it, I mean, they're just great seats and they're just always open. And if you just go up there and act like you're supposed to be there, that's a key to everything in Camden Yards. I've been mm-hmm. doing this stuff since I was five years old. Just got to look like you know what you're doing and nobody's going to bother you. Yep. It's um, also good because uh, the head security person in that section was my seventh grade social studies teacher there you go yeah like shout uh, out uh mr c groves we i had a couple a couple of the ushers uh were were fellow high school football referees that were referees in the replacements with my grandfather and so we had to look uh, up there yeah i could so see that i have good opportunity for me to flex the replacements thing again. also very also very fun uh, as we sort of have gotten, and I'm sure you guys too get to know some of the media members, just kind of turn it back that they're all exposed because they're all. It's oh all yeah, they're just hanging out there. So yeah. you just like turn around. It's like, you know, we talked about him on the show. We see with Dave Ginsburg, AP writer, just retired. Like, we just go up there and like talk to him. Patrick Stevens would be this, like, we just talk. You just Dan Connolly. Hey, what's going on? The best it's is, like, is cool um, Rick Dempsey used to be in the Madison studio and would just have his like big old like homemade Tupperware of lasagna. <laughs> And we're just like eating that, and people are like tossing balls up, and he's signing it, just eating like yeah. fork in one hand, pen in the other. And yeah, they're just it's so they're just sitting like two feet above you. Like it's, I love it. I think that that part's great. Um, and then and it's very cool because that part got built. Sorry, that part got built obviously in 1992. They will never build press boxes that low again because that's no. all going to be always. It's the same thing at MNC Bank Stadium. Oh, it's horrible. Press, that that press box horrible it's like a spaceship it's so high mm-hmm. and it makes sense that you're putting premium seating in in areas that are but the press box at baltimore if you keep these stadiums till the end of time have two unbelievable press box locations mt bank stadium is low and at the 50 and oriole park is super low like it's so different than so many of the new stadiums that are you know built in the last 10 years yeah uh, yeah it's it's again it's it's a perfect spot to sit to because you're like right above you're right below the netting but you're there for the you you get the caroms off the back wall 
and then you can also get the ones that come just like right over if, the. Uh, if you sit in the right spot, like the stairwell to get up to those seats can be like right in front of your seat where like if mm-hmm. you see a foul ball, you can scamper down those stairs pretty quick oh, and easy. Get, get involved in some some ricochet foul balls and things like that. So yeah, my uh, I think and my last one is um, uh, going with your friend. I think you were here with us. Brian going with uh, your friend who is filming a, uh, a food eating video and telling club level that you're bringing in two people just to try some food and 15 people come with you and you just can't <laughs> out on club level for the entire game. I don't think we saw one pitch that, that, that no, I don't game. think we did. I think Tanaka started and it was like three, nothing Yankees by the time we like got in. I think the Orioles were in that game somewhat late and then just like, Clint Frazier probably hit a big home run. Got and... to the bullpen, and then I think Labor Torres just hit a ball into the the upper the upper bullpen or something. That that sounds about right. But yeah, that was that was always a, that was a good time. Um, shout yeah. out, shout I, out, Jack yeah. again. I had uh, I had dance cam on there just because it you know I mean it wasn't really a draftable pick for me at all. But hmm. um, smashing cans at pickles is like more specifically how I'd phrase it. Um, shout out to Shane McComas. Uh, kid I played club baseball with at Maryland, but uh, he, his friends kind of stuck me onto this and I've just made it a thing. It's when you're at pickles and you're outside, every time you finish a beer, you, you smash it and you try to make, get the smash as perfectly circular uh, as possible to make it look like a hockey puck as perfectly as possible. And then you just rate it. You rate the can for how well you smash it. If the tab that was open that you obviously you drink the beer through, like if, if it, recloses because you you smashed it so perfectly and squarely that's like some bonus points um and then you just kind of accumulate a pile at your feet as you just you just down natty bows for three four hours before a game and next thing you know you've got a sweet pile at your feet so smashing cans i highly recommend it and i would love to smash some cans with some of you out there this summer let's smash some cans how about it how about love that uh, great draft right there. Can't wait to be back at Camden Yards. It's happening sooner rather than later, and uh, we'll get to watch some Orioles baseball. Uh, guys, that's that's it for this week's show, unless you guys have any parting thoughts about the state of Baltimore sports or your own lives or really anything else. I'm excited for the players. And I'm going to take that as a no. Yeah, that's it. There it I'm is. Excited. Yes, make sure to follow, follow Barstool Banks at Barstool Banks. For all the great on-the-scene golf coverage, love that stuff. You're doing a great job with it. The blogs, you read them on BarstoolSports.com. Awesome stuff. RDT just had a blog I just saw go through the Barstool main account on the Orioles' uh, viral video. So uh, follow him at E-D-I-T-T-I-22. You can follow me at TaylorSchmidt10 for really nothing that exciting, but you can follow me if you want. And you can follow the podcast at x 52 Podcast on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, guys? Very fun show, uh, sh- RDT. Shout out, um, shout out our guy Johnny from Jimmy's, real quick. Yeah, let um, me let me. I, I want to get the wording right. Johnny Baltimore Magazine does this thing every year, um, where they they, they do like the readers, um, um, like voting things. And now, of course, I can't get his damn his uh, Facebook profile up. They they do this like a, a voting thing where they choose the best restaurants and haircut places and this and that. And our, our buddy Johnny from Jimmy's Famous Seafood. And it's not a – I'm sure it was a one-horse race, one best industry hero for the year. Um, and, again, voted on by the readers. So 
if you're obviously familiar with Jimmy's in Baltimore and everything that's been going on and the amount of money that he's raised through the famous fund, it was a no, no brainer that Johnny was the uh, industry hero. I know I talked to him and he's like, yeah, we're already, they're already ramping up, you know, donations for, so he's, he said he's already trying to go back to back. Um, but again, just a, a pretty, a pretty great honor for Johnny. Uh, best industry hero again, voted on by the readers. And he, he said that that was the best part. Um, was that the readers of the magazine, they didn't publicize it or anything like that, that you could vote for him. He just, people just went out and did it. So uh, again, I think it was a, a runaway victory there for Johnny. Yeah, that, that was, that's, that's an awesome stuff. And, and he certainly deserves it. I want to get a quick shout out in the guy that filmed the video for the Orioles, Johnny Douglas. And I'll shout out his Twitter at Johnny underscore Doug underscore Formerly worked at Kansas State, um, joined the Orioles at the end of 2020, so has not been around long. Kansas State does does good video and, and content, content stuff themselves. So shout-out to Johnny. Shout-out to the Orioles uh, team on that stuff. And uh, shout-out to you two fine gentlemen uh, after a great podcast. We'll hey, see you, you next too. week on the Exit 52 podcast presented by Jimmy Seafood.